Mad about, mad about you's gonna get you. Gonna knock you right in the ears. Better get your finances in order. You're going into arrears. What? <laughs> what on the earth are you watching on TV? Did you say going into your rears? I said arrears. Oh, wow. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I'm not sure that I do either. Listening to fools like John and me. No, hold on. <laughs> you just made up a word. <laughs> In this immediate context, you're the fool. I, I know. <laughs> you're on a fool island. I know I didn't make it up, but... You're right. I've heard that, too. Probably misusing it. I think we might have our uh, Meme Wow already. Mame Wow. Arrears. Arrears. Money that is owed and should have been paid earlier. Perfect! The most specific word I've ever learned. Yeah, and I made it up in a song. Well, you didn't. I'm and a I fool. Used it pr- and I used it properly. Well, no, you're right. We're both fools. I didn't know it was a word. You didn't know what... You weren't certain it was a word. I wasn't certain. I wasn't certain. No, I was certain it was a word. I just wasn't sure was, I was using it properly. Okay, well, we're both idiots. Well, we all shine on. <laughs> is that the Beatles? That is John Lennon. It is, right? I knew it. Yeah. And Listen. we'll get to... It's even closer. It's a specific John Lennon song, which I will reveal in just a little bit. Cool. So, welcome, welcome to, Mad to Mad About, about, Mad about, Mad about, about you, you, everybody. <laughs> I did it. It's your weekly Mad About You recap podcast. I am Russ Fader. And I'm John Marbley. John, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? Ugh. Oh, I just took a sip of an iced coffee that I hadn't touched until uh, we started. It's disgusting. Oh, no. <laughs> well, this is going to be my actor's secret for this episode. <laughs> I'm going to be drinking this because it's all I got. <laughs> But it tastes disgusting. Wonderful. No, I was just going to say, as you know, I happen to be in New York this week, going into the office and everything. And uh, we both went to the same Nightmare Before Christmas, but separately, but same Nightmare Before Christmas, Barclays Center, Danny Elfman, self ego inflating uh, <laughs> sing along. Hey, come on now. <laughs> did, he, did he come on at the end of years and do a Oogie Boogie encore? Yes, he did. It was so uncomfortable. So, I was so uncomfortable. Well, look, here's what we saw. At the Barclays Center, they did a thing where they had the, was it the Hollywood? Where was the orchestra from? Oh, God, They must have been from New York. Some chamber somewhere. I think it may have been the New York. Yes, they had an, a full orchestra. They performed the, we watched The Nightmare Before Christmas. At the Barclays Center, huge screens behind the stage. On stage was an orchestra playing the score to the movie live. Yes. And they also had a bunch of people singing live. Did you so see the they choir? Had, uh, in the back? Yeah, I didn't see it until the, the very yeah. end. There was a whole yeah, choir, ladies huge, and gentlemen. There was a huge choir. Because, you know, it's a Danny Elfman score, so there's <clears> lots of la 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 You'll have to get yeah. you'll have to explain this to me. What music? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, Danny. Elfman, yeah, what else did he do? I don't know him. He's my my girlfriend my wanted to go to this. Composer. He's your favorite composer. Mm-hmm. He's my favorite film composer. Oh, okay, fine. I should say. I was going to say you've heard a lot of music, and I've heard, I've heard a, a lot, little music, I've heard and I've heard a lot, a lot that's better than that. 
Not better. <laughs> That's not fair. Different, but more pleasurable Different, to sure. me, certainly. He does the scores for all of Tim Burton's movies. Oh, so, oh, wow. That's a we got a connection coming up later. I'm sure you're right. Yeah. So he did Batman. He did Edward Scissorhands. He. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very famous. <laughs> he did the. <laughs> But, but yeah, he's my he's my favorite composer. <laughs> he I did the theme see. song to the he did the theme song to the Simpsons. Oh really? Yeah. Huh. Does he perform vocally a lot? Well, he used to be in a band called Oingo Boingo back in the eighties. <laughs> okay. And they were moderately to they were moderate I was gonna say moderately to kind of popular. How about that in the scale? Yeah. yeah. Um, not quite moderately popular, a little more than that. Yeah, they but were a little kind less of popular. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Am I splitting these hairs closely enough? Yes. So but they I mean they were they were quite popular in reality because they they were in a scene. Have you seen Back to School with Rodney Dangerfield? Yes, but I don't remember it this well. Okay. However well I have to he, remember he it. Goes this... back to co- uh, he goes back to college. No, I remember that. Sure. Oh, you're telling the audience. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're talking to other people. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he goes back to college. And Rodney Dangerfield, everyone. He throws, Rodney Dangerfield does, yes. And he throws a party in his dorm room. And the band that's playing oh, is Oingo Boingo. Boingo. Oh. Yeah. And they sang a song called Dead Man's Party. <laughs> it was their Funny. big hit. Okay. Yeah. It's a dead man's party. Who could ask for more? Okay. Everybody's coming. Leave your body at the door. Leave your body and soul at the door. It's a really fun song. Okay. It's um, kooky. Yeah. Very kooky. Kooky is a good word for them. Yeah. Anyway, so he was with that band in the 80s. And then... And he started doing full-time film composing. I film see. Score. Okay. He wrote the music for The Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. also sang the lead in the movie. Right. And also, people who sang in the movie and performed in the movie were uh, a guy named Ken Page. The original Oogie Boogie was there at the Barclays Center, yeah, Center yeah. singing his part. It was pretty neat. And singing her two roles from the movie was Catherine O'Hara. Yeah. Pretty wonderful. And then Greg Proops was part of the ensemble, which was so he random. He was also, well, he's also in the movie. Not random, I mean deliberate and makes sense. Yes, it yeah. makes <laughs> specific. An understandable choice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Based on his direct involvement <laughs> in the specific event. Oh, yeah. I see, yeah. So this was a big deal but for yeah, you, huh? This was a big deal. This was a lot That's of fun. Nice. That's really, nice. Really, really neat. Yeah, I've, I've loved him since I was in middle school at the latest. Right. So to watch him perform in a room was pretty, pretty unbelievable. Pretty great. Cool. Yeah. It was neat. Yeah. Yeah, you did not think so. Well, I never saw that movie before. You've never seen the movie before? My only knowledge of that was the, I don't know if you know this, but they redecorate the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland every year to be uh, themed on The Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay. So as we're watching the movie, I'm just thinking about the ride. That's great. <laughs> Jen loves the Haunted Mansion. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, I like she it more than the movie. Yeah. I'll tell you that. Oh, yeah? <laughs> than the, the, this Nightmare Before Christmas movie. It's boring. Oh, my goodness. It's not boring. Yeah, no. it's bo- I didn't care about any of the characters. I didn't care what happened. You're crazy. It didn't hook me emotionally. You're nuts. And this it wasn't that movie. funny. I thought I was expecting it to be... F- I don't go to kids' movies a lot. So And when I do, they're like usually very funny. You know what I mean? I don't think it was the right environment for it to be your first viewing. Yeah, a basketball stadium. <laughs> <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha! 
<laughs> yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take that leap and say that uh, <laughs> surrounded by a bunch of super fans who are in costume and have known this movie for the past 25 years, that may not be your best entree. Yeah. No, it was <laughs> nice. I'm happy that everyone enjoyed it. <laughs> I'm happy for you all. Good yeah, for yeah. you. For you rubes. One thing that happened at the end of the show, though, you mentioned that, you know, since Danny Elfman wrote all the music, he came back out at the end of the show, and for an encore, he sang the Oogie Boogie song. And it was a little bit strange. It was very weird, because it was like, okay, I'm not going to do it as well as the guy that just did it. Yeah, but I'm still going to do it. But I'm going to do it anyway. (laughs) Here we go. It felt very much like I haven't been in front of an audience this big in a long time. I've always wanted to sing this. This is my only shot. I'm going to take it. And I respected <laughs> well, him for that. It, it could have it could have been that. Uh, I think, like, it's also just like, I think, anyway, you've got to do an encore. You don't got to do show. an encore. For a live show? Yeah. No. Nobody no. has to do an encore. Otherwise, it's just part of the show. Yeah, uh, and it is. But I don't encores like that. Are not, encores, encores are, are now part of the show. Encores are earned. Well, this one would not have been, because I, I'm sure it must have happened. It wasn't. For, Ugh, for this the coffee's first... disgusting. It <laughs> It John, wasn't earned. John's drink. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to delete the part where you talk about how you're drinking a disgusting iced coffee. I don't have time to, so. <laughs> so it's all in. Great. Well, let's oh, talk man. about the show. Well, we'll get there in one moment. Oh, sure. Because what happened at the end of the show before the Oogie Boogie song uh-huh. was the credits. Yes. As the credits are rolling, uh-huh. a lot of people the night that I was there were leaving. Oh, same. I'm like... Hey guys, you see that orchestra on stage right. playing? That's now? how I felt. I said they play the whole stupid movie for you. You're gonna walk out on them before they're done? I'm like, they can see you. Yeah, well, they're probably used to it though, Russ. You jerks. I know, but they're <laughs> like, probably they know the deal. It was so weird. You, th- you think the orchestra's used to people just getting up and leaving in the middle of their songs? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Anytime they're not playing at like their home, yeah. Which is what orchestras do. How often do you think orchestras just play for kicks? Wait, what do you mean? No, I don't mean their house. I mean, I mean, like yeah. Alice yeah. Tully Hall or whatever. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You think they have a lot of small orchestra gigs? I think they, listen, all my knowledge of orchestra is based on the Amazon hit TV series, Mozart of the Jungle. <laughs> and what I can tell you is from time to time, they do play other places. Okay. And they are used and they to, do, I think, stupid audience. Not stupid, selfish unaware, narcissistic audiences. Especially, I think, when they're playing a cartoon at a basketball stadium. At <laughs> a basketball stadium. You know what? But I'm with you. I didn't budge. Christina no, and I sat absolutely. there and enjoyed the whole orchestration. Yeah. yeah, enjoyed the whole thing up until that stupid Danny Elfman came back on and sang that dumb song he didn't sing. Wow, you took the words literally right out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah, it's obvious. Yeah. Being you, I word channeled for John for a second. Very good. <laughs> so... In addition to that, we also watched an episode of Mad About You. Sure did. You're listening right now to episode 39 of Mad About Mad About You, and we're talking about season two, episode 17. The episode is called Instant Karma, which also is the name of the John Lennon song that I was singing at the beginning of the show. Oh, cool. Very cool. There we go. Everyone, that'll tie in. (laughs) Yes. Well, it's already tied in, but yes. Yes, you're right. Yeah. yeah. And it aired crazily on February 14th, Valentine's Day, which which is a Monday. Monday. Yeah. Which means people back then got their Thursday night fix, which was romantic, Mm -hmm. and then bammo, this Monday, one more. (laughs) They had to get this... Beatles-centric farce wrapped into their Valentine's Days. Yeah, it's a little gutsy to um, 
assume people are going to watch. You don't know how gutsy it is. But you remember season two House of Cards dropped on Valentine's Day. I did not realize that. And everyone binge watched. Like Netflix sometimes well, will drop it around a TV of a uh, holiday. Well, that's a also minor different. holiday. That, that's an event. But so, I mean, this is an episode of Mad About You. This is an event. <laughs> I'm sorry, you know I don't what? see the distinction. No, you're absolutely I right. I can tell you're yeah. trying to make one by the tone in your voice, but I I, I just well, I can't. They're the same. They're the same. <laughs> this was quite a night on television. Oh, well, wait, can I we gotta do TV Guide? Oh, TV, TV Guide, please, yes. Paul believes bad luck will follow Jamie's ill-gotten gain, but he's the one who suffers. It's Flag on the play. The worst. <laughs> this is the worst. You got Yoko. Oh, she's not in this one though. No, she's not. Wait, she's in another she's episode. She's mentioned an awful lot. Isn't she? I believe you're right. Yes, yes. She's in because there are stills of her in a bed later. And I swore that she was in this episode. So but did she, I. But she I thought she, she walked out. Yeah. That's what I thought. But nope. So this isn't the Yoko episode that I remember as a kid. This is. Nope. Well, this is. this is. But I remember the piano. Is, yes. I remember this episode as being the tricks. Yoko episode. And yeah. yet. Yeah. This is the Berenstein Berenstain thing. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Do you think this happened? Do you think this episode where Yoko was in this episode happened in another dimension? Yeah. <laughs> An alternate timeline? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's our own Mandela effect. <laughs> so yeah, well also, you know, we'll get to the line later, but this whole ill-gotten gains thing, that's a little bit of plagiarism that I don't care for. Yeah, and also it's like if you're going to rip off a line from the, sh the episode, that why that one? I simply don't know. Oh, wow, I was about to give the same note twice, and then I had to Great. remind myself it's not. I was about to say that for the second time. Also, mention that Yoko Ono guest stars. <laughs> <laughs> but she doesn't. Great news, John. We've already had that, part, that conversation. <laughs> Russ, what was on TV? You're watching NBC. I'm going to tell you, part of the reason why the schedule is all fakakta. <laughs> good, good, good Yiddish. Well, here's the deal. On ABC that night at 9 p.m., I'm going to mention a whole thing, bunch of things that were on that we're not going to dive in deep on. Okay. ABC, 9 p.m., Look Who's Talking was on. Hey! Everyone's favorite movie about mm -hmm. Bruce Willis as a baby. And on Fox... Eight o'clock. Hmm. Point Break was on. Ooh, is that Keanu Reeves? Keanu Reeves, Patrick Swayze. Yeah. Okay. Shooting guns up into the sky and going off. One for the off. gals. One for the guys. Right. <laughs> Here's something weird. NBC later that night at 10 p.m. The Laugh In Valentine's Day special. Oh, that sounds annoying. I agree, but yeah. like, how many times significantly after Laugh In was on are we going to have Laugh In Mad About You overlaps? That's right. really weird, right? That is We've true, because they're different days. On show. Yeah. They're yeah. different days, and also, they're different eras. Laughing was not a regular show at this time. They just keep on having specials. Well, yeah, but Russ, the same time this is you. clearly the era of Laughing specials. You know what? This is clearly the era so, of Laughing specials. You're yeah. right. <laughs> but everything is all, as I said, fakakta, because <laughs> on CBS, it's the Olympics from Lillehammer, Norway. <laughs> And nobody cared? No, well, nobody cared about what? The Olympics? Everybody cared about the Olympics. That's why all these the channels are playing movies instead of episodes. Mad about Yuzon. <laughs> so, wait, so nobody at NBC cared? 
I guess is what right. you're saying. Yes, that is true. How, Nobody at NBC cared. How, they were just like, twist. yeah, we'll put this, we'll put this Yoko Ono episode up against the Olympics. Why not? Man, this was so long ago that uh, CBS had the Olympics, huh? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, in Norway, I read, yeah, from Lillehammer, Norway. Summer or winter? Winter. <laughs> it was the winter. That's Olympics an old Olympics jokes for you, listeners. For you, for you season heads. Yeah. <laughs> For those uh, of you summer in Norway is still arguably somewhat cold, probably because it's so north and uh, <laughs> it's a winter heavy state. You know what I mean? We don't need to connect the dots yeah. to this gem for you. <laughs> we'll talk after. <laughs> I read an ESPN article. Good for you. The end. Uh, <laughs> I've been trying to read the same article for four years. <laughs> No joke, it's a humiliating. The one about what, Yasiel Puig. Yeah, what about him? Getting smuggled by uh coyotes. I think that's what they're called. Getting wait, getting smuggled by coyotes? Yeah, yeah. Which is the term for organized crime that bring illegal immigrants across the border. Okay. And by coyotes, your coyotes is also that's a, the term. A different. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So from Cuba to the United States, the Ugh, there ESPN, are a lot of things. There are a lot of things in that sentence that didn't quite make sense. Yeah, the first instead time of an article, it. you might want to try reading a book sometime, Russ. Oh, then I know all about, uh, yeah, what a coyote is. I don't and even how know what book can get. Yeah, there's no book yeah. I can recommend. Yeah, the Urban Dictionary book. <laughs> well, this one article is like 20 pages or 50 pages. And I can never, I'll, you know, I'll read three yeah. pages, I'll put it down for a year, and then I don't remember yeah, what happens. Gonna, yeah, instead of reading an article, John, you should try reading an article. <laughs> Ah, well, let me tell you, this whole illegal <laughs> baseball player smuggling ring is uh, pretty intense and crazy. It's a lot, I'm sure. Now that I know what you're talking about, I can agree. Yes, that happens quite a bit. Like secret nowadays. meetings happening in Mexico City between yeah. agents, sports agents, yeah. baseball team managers, and uh, mm -hmm. basically mafia dogs. Yes. You know, we've already talked about Nancy Kerrigan and Tanya Harding. We have not yet touched on... The winner of the gold, I don't think. Do you remember who won the gold medal? No. You don't remember? Ak who? You don't remember Oksana Bayul? Oh, wow. All these people yeah. happened at the same time. Yeah. She, we know her. Yeah, but we nobody knew her. It was very funny huh. because people were just like, wow, the Nancy and Tanya thing and who's going to win? And oh, my goodness, Tanya's crying because her shoelace broke. And then Nancy goes and she's amazing. And then just kind of quietly, everybody was just like, oh, wow, Oksana Bayul, she's uh, going to win this. Interesting. Because she, she was just better at it than everybody else. And then they were just like, oh, she came from a, a very difficult upbringing in the Ukraine. Right. And has had a lot of family members who have died. Yeah. So then she became the world world's darling so sorry about that nancy kerrigan i only know her name because uh you know john flynn the storyteller yeah comedian he, he mm -hmm. i heard him tell a story about doing a uh broadway show with her that either never opened or it wasn't on broadway it was like out of town something okay. uh, it was about her i think oh, wow. and starring her wow and boy is she a kook to do a play with <laughs> <laughs> i've got to hunt this down yeah good luck it'll be tricky to find but if you do <laughs> post it the article also talked about how the games were magical because three days before they started, they got two meters of snow and then it didn't Ooh. snow. Uh, yeah. And then it was just gorgeous the whole time. Wow. Yeah. It was like a win It was a winter wonderland. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, in recent years due to global warming there, they've oh, had, here we go. They've had, well, they've, they've had winter <laughs> Olympics in sites. And there's been no snow. They've had to deliver snow to the Olympic sites. That's insane. Just to have the games. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. It's 
upsetting. Right. Yeah. Dan Jansen also won. Does that name ring a bell? Yeah. He was a speed skater. Yes. I was a fan. Yeah. He was on my cereal. Yeah. He was. I believe he got a Wheaties box. Yeah. Yeah. Not Wheaties. Some trash cereal. Yeah. Something unhealthy. Like Frosted Flakes or something. (laughs) Dan Jansen for Fruit Loop. Maybe. Dan Jansen and Toucan Sam want you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they eat sugar every morning. <laughs> the biggest name, well, they made a big deal out of a Norwegian speed skater mm-hmm. in this article named Johan Olaf Koss because he won a bunch of golds at these Olympics. And what he did was for every gold he won, he donated his bonus that he got from the country and from sponsors, uh-huh. which was $30,000 to Olympic aid. Oh. And then... He challenged the country of Norway to donate as well. Ooh, match me. Yeah. And when he did that, journalists just started handing him money. Oh. And so eventually, Norway wound up donating $18 million to Olympic aid. That's amazing. Isn't that incredible? And he he started his own charity called Right to Play, which uses sports to teach and develop. It uses sports to teach and develop children in war-torn and impoverished areas around the world. Wow. So pretty great. Now, here's the thing. He's a Nazi. (laughs) No, well, here's here's where we can make this about me. Oh, great. Because I read this article, and then I was like, let me see what I can, if I can find any highlights. So I went to YouTube. Yeah. And I found a three-hour video. Right. And as I'm watching it, I, I turn it on, and it starts off with just the opening ceremonies and the parade of everybody. And then I'm like, let me skip to some of the action. And I skip, and... They are focusing on this speed skater, and I don't recognize him. And I'm just like, oh, dude, give me an American. I get so nationalistic, <laughs> and I hate it. Oh, but that's, when the I watch the Olympics, that's the point. That's the When I watch it, I'm just like, I'm in my heart, I'm like, fair play, the majesty of sport, personal excellence, everybody coming together. Oh, true. Who wins best? Who is best wins? Oh, that's yes, true. Yes, let's do this. And then I watch the thing, and I'm like, who's this guy? Get me Dan Jensen. I know Dan Jensen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me... Yeah. <laughs> Forget Oksana Bayul. Let's watch Nancy Kerrigan. She got robbed. So the first speed skater that I watched, who I was just like, get off my screen. It's this Johan Olaf Koss, Oh, my gosh. The best person in the world. Oh, you're such a jerk. And I'm just like, USA, USA, yeah, yeah, get yeah. off my screen. Who's worse than me? Uh, the Olympics are also about, I think, a little nationalism. It's fun. They certainly are in the United States. No, everywhere. Countries should have everywhere. a little pride in themselves. Sure. <laughs> you know, I think that's good and healthy. Okay. That's why I respect France. Yeah, okay. They hate they us. Have... <laughs> the same way we hate them. Right. Which makes us more similar than ever. <laughs> so now now we need to hug our brothers and sisters we don't have to hug them but i'm just saying you know acknowledge it yeah a nod yeah, yeah. a nod not a hug but a nod yeah. <laughs> or a cheek kiss a cheek un bees yeah <laughs> no i think they're about that too a little sure it's a celebration yes otherwise a, you wouldn't even it's... distinguish by the That's country. True. Like, it's fun and, to yeah. see different countries yes. flaunting their flags and dancing. Sure. Yes. You know? The point is still competition. It is still uh, sports. Yeah. We are still giving medals to winners. And we are still number one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, this is a very interesting place to come from. Yeah. <laughs> where it's just like, you know, it's still good. It's still good to have competition. I mean, it helps that we always win the competition. Do we, though? Not in the winter. Oh, that or makes sense. at least sense. not that year. Yeah. yeah. There are a lot of 
countries that are a lot colder than us. We right. demolish in the summer, though. We do? Yes. Huh. They just announced this past week that Russia is not going to be competing in this February's Winter Olympics. I heard. They are banned. Not They're not competing. Is <laughs> everyone not enjoying allowed. the Olympics podcast? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> the I Heard About the Olympics podcast. <laughs> just We don't know anything, actually. Just somebody was like, hey, you know... Uh, just conjecture. Something, 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 Olympics. <laughs> Two hours of conjecture every week. <laughs> like clockwork. John, what happened in the actual news? From WNBC-TV, this is News for New York with Chuck Scarborough and Pat Harper. Ooh, Dateline. Go ahead. Sunday, February 13, 1994, <laughs> when it isn't in the cards. It's mm. a thin plastic card that will completely change the way you pay fares on New York City subway and buses. No more oh searching gosh. for tokens and pockets or purses. You hear that, Paul Buckman? No more stacks. <laughs> <laughs> you nutbag. You lunatic. And also no more uh, awkward exchanges with your old uh, film school buddy. That's true. Though he's in Hollywood now. Anyway, MetroCard <laughs> is convenient to carry and easy to use. What? I'm going to interrupt you super quickly. I read an article, uh-huh. an interview with Steve Buscemi, where he talked about that what? episode. That really happened with Steve and Paul. Steve like, Pamer? No, Steve Buscemi. And, and Paul Reiser? And Paul Reiser. Steve Buscemi was trying to do stand-up, and he... I can't remember Wait. all of the details. Again, this is true, though. Steve, Steve Buscemi Buscemi's was... not the guy who was auditioning for Diner, is he? In the movie? Well, isn't or, that part oh, of the no, story uh, no, where no, Paul no, no, went no, no. with his friend to an audition, and then ended up getting the part and it was like diner or something that is part of it but that is a story not that with is buscemi. Not Steve buscemi okay buscemi is the thing that i'm talking about now okay so he was doing he was trying to do stand up and paul riser went in to clean up his set or something like that he got picked up on he advanced and he demolished so much that buscemi was just like you know what forget it i can't do stand up and it really sent him into a tailspin that's like about, really funny. what am i gonna do so yes this episode was true to his life wow and i think at that point he said to like i think he said to paul riser he's just like you know this really happened to me to us <laughs> right oh paul didn't know i don't think he knew <laughs> that's even weirder that they would write that story and cast isn't that him weird? yes isn't that weird something's not adding up here so, okay, there may be one detail that is a little bit off, but Paul the, fact had to have that, known. the fact that he was trying to do stand-up and Paul bumped him, basically. No, that's really funny. That's true. And the fact yeah. that it did send him into a tailspin really happened. That's very funny. That's a great little anecdote, Russ. Thank Isn't you. Isn't that good? Sorry to interrupt. Go back. No, not at all. Oh, so says the MTA. Oh, they're convenient to carry and easy to use. So says the MTA and its brochure on the new Metro card, which can be obtained, blah, 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 blah. You don't want to tell the people how to get a Metro card? <laughs> Should any problems arise, then, in the dim light of the wee hours at Grand Arby Plaza, follow these instructions. Quote, try it again and check the turnstile display to see what it says. If the card doesn't work, try another turnstile. If the second turnstile doesn't let you enter, see what the Metro card reader near the Turnstile says when you swipe the card there. The wow. Inter- this is a quote. <laughs> These are quotes. It's three paragraphs of rules. <laughs> if the information is swayed on the reader doesn't explain the problem as the clerk at the Metro card window or the token booth. If the clerk determines that your card is damaged but can verify its balance on the computer in the booth, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> If the clerk can't determine the card's balance, ask for a customer service card mailer. (laughs) Blah, blah, blah. Uh, What's the blah, blah, blah? If you're reading, hey, here's how to use a Metro card. You have no idea how much I'm leaving out. (laughs) 
And then the New York Times, nice little sting at the end of the article just says, meanwhile, carry spare tokens. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but I don't trust it. <laughs> Listen, change is hard, you know? Sure. I guess so. Dayline. Go ahead. Seventh Avenue picks fashion over garment. Oh. The garment district conjures up images of sample sales, of bent men pushing carts through tangled traffic, of hard negotiations between buyers and sellers. By contrast, the fashion center is a sleeker stamp, evoking elegant runways. That's the name local business leaders prefer, and that's the name they have chosen for the city's newest business improvement district. An area bordered by Avenue of the Americas, 8th Avenue, 35th, and 41st Streets. Soon the Fashion Center's logo, black and white buttons, will be seen all over the district. Mm. Wow, yeah, so the Garment Center, but then I love later in the articles is, uh, still, the name change will no doubt take a while to sink in. Quote, this is the Garment District, said Richard A. Sussel, <laughs> the owner of La Button Boutique. <laughs> the name is so embedded in people's heads it would be hard to change. <laughs> Certainly in your head, sir. <laughs> That's really funny. Well, actually, even in mine, I didn't even know it was really... That it's now the fashion district? Even though it says it everywhere in flags, even I think of it as the, gar as the garment district. I don't think I think of it as the fashion district. I can say that pretty confidently. Right. But also, I don't think of it... I don't think of things much as districts at all. In, oh, are you kidding? Life. The theater district, the garment district, the, the, the diamond the district. district. Yeah. I love I the diamond district. Yeah? Well, you love diamonds. I love diamonds. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we paid for the podcast. <laughs> with blood diamonds yeah. Did we... <laughs> yeah are your ears burning wait is that Every, the... <laughs> yeah because somebody's talking about us we finally introduced a moral quandary into the podcast <laughs> Did we not mention that every episode of yeah, this, this is podcast funded by uh, his yeah. finance horribly inhumane practices? Yeah, <laughs> Dateline, oh, go ahead. Desperately seeking someone, Melissa oh, Levine says she went on seventeen blind dates last month, and that's mm. not even counting the guys she met by the bee pollen. Okay, quote: I was in the health food store and I saw this man looking at the products. Said Miss Levine, a thirty-three-year-old financial planner who lives in Manhattan. Good for her. What a catch. I went up to him and said, what are you buying? And when he told me bee pollen, I said, oh, get it. You'll have a lot of energy. <laughs> he gave her his card on the way out, and they had a date soon after. I mean, what a simpler time. <laughs> when she isn't being I... set. You see, people, you don't need apps. You just need yeah. a little a horrible just... small talk. <laughs> yeah. Just try so hard to make something out yeah. of Absolutely nothing. nothing. Yeah, people are lonely. They just want, they want to go out. You, you, you should get people. You want to go out sometime? <laughs> when she isn't being set up, she meets men all over New York, often just because they're there. <laughs> I think it's easy to get a date, she said. What's hard is getting a second one. True. Oh, boy. That is true. Her travails may seem a bit extreme, but the search for love in New York City is clearly not for the weak of stomach. There are about 3.4 million single people in New York City. And what an awful lot of them seem to have in common is that the belief in finding a mate in New York is like waiting for the E-train on a Sunday night. You oh, assume... tell me about yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I need to explain that one to anyone. <laughs> what a relatable <laughs> analogy. <laughs> Uh, we've got a lot of nerve talking about how much we love or don't love the different district names and then being like, oh, a joke about subways. How universal. <laughs> well, you were being sarcastic, though. Yes, I was. Like aggressively sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, here's another one. I hated being single, said Valerie Frankel, a magazine editor from Brooklyn and co-author of the Heartbreak Handbook. What? So I just married somebody. Well, she <laughs> says, I used to meet a lot of guys at bars. I would end up thinking, why am I going home with this guy I met in the East Village? But I did it because I was hopeful. Computer dating services, personal ads, special singles night, weekends, singles groups with niche special interests. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, there's a singles lawn bowling in Central Park. Cool. Yeah. The dating industry is not exactly new. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, interesting. I saw a lot of nostalgia during the 80s for the old structured system where rules were clear. Hmm. Said Beth Bailey, director of blah, blah, blah. She works at Barnard. Not surprisingly, the nostalgia seems to increase in direct report. Okay, this is a boring article. Anyway, point yes. is, a lot of, lot of single, lonely, A lot of people, people looking. Hey, mad about, mad about you fans. Rise guys. Rise gals looking for rise guys. Rise yeah, reach guys out. looking for rise gals. Rise gals looking for rise gals. Rise guys looking for rise guys. We want to set you up. Send some messages. Yeah, tweet, if you're looking. Tweet your personal at us and we'll retweet it. Absolutely. That's the best we can do. <laughs> this is, this... <laughs> Good luck. Uh, this is a final. So, this is a fun piece. This is a fun little please. piece. Dateline. Go ahead. February 13, 1994. This is the eve of Valentine's Day, everyone. The Sunday paper. It is a beautiful article to read in the Sunday Times the day before Valentine's oh, Day. Romantic New York. 12 tell all. Sure, any place could be romantic, given the proper chemistry, but some work better than others. The city has some well-known New Yorkers to name their most romantic spots. Mm. Rudolph Giuliani. You want to take a guess? Oh, great. Rikers Island. Yankee Stadium. Very fun. That's very <laughs> funny. That's a very funny. Oh, boy. If this was a late night bit and this article was like a viral, this would be a great. Uh, ladies and <laughs> gentlemen, we found some of the uh, alternate answers that they chose not to publish. <laughs> Yankee Stadium. Sure. Uh, yeah, that piece of garbage would definitely prefer Yankee Stadium. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Very good. Raul Lionel Felder, matrimonial lawyer, says there are several. Staten Island Ferry on a good summer's night. That's true. The top of, especially if you're on the way out of Staten Island. Ugh. <laughs> Bazinga. The top of Rockefeller Center. Ooh, the backseat of any good taxi cab going through Central Park with the right person at night. Interesting. Yeah, take it easy, pal. <laughs> yeah. You, you Don't know go past like first base in there. Like I like to go to a ferry or get in a cab. That's true. <laughs> yeah, Yikes. you see this guy on the subway, run. <laughs> I like how he says a good taxi cab. A good one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not, not with an erratic driver. <laughs> Sylvia Plackey, photographer. New York is not about romance. It's about work. But I was thinking, which is true. What? No, it's not. Well... It can be. Like, it can be. I'm pretty sure you can find a few very successful romantic comedies that take place in New York. <laughs> yeah, but they're all work-oriented. Hey, John, one of them is mad about you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay, fine. I'll skip ahead. <laughs> you know how mad about you focuses primarily on work? And if their relationship gets in the way, then so be it. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say primarily. Jamie doesn't have a job. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm joking. Oh, well, I was going to say the conflicts that have arisen from that even, though, are high. Yeah. Donna Karen, okay. famous fashion design sure. <laughs> designer. What's his name? Is she, is, is, <laughs> is she just going to be a, uh, is she just going to plug? <laughs> yeah. One of my stores. My favorite spot yeah. is, is DKNY. <laughs> Central Park after a snowstorm. Oh, this sure. one's fun. This is George C. Wolf. I think he's come up on the podcast before, right? The famous I think director. You're probably right. Uh huh. 
uh, and former uh, artistic director of the Public Theater in Shakespeare mm-hmm. in the Park. He says, Paris is romantic. San Francisco is romantic. Bahia. I don't know what that is. Do you know what Bahia is? Spell it. B-A-H-I-A. I don't think I know. Eh, mm, it's not even a sweepstakes. I don't even know if I care what it is. <laughs> Uh, it's going to be a country, and we're going to sound like jerks. Yeah. <laughs> no, if it was a country, you would have heard of it. You know oh, all the countries? It's, a, it's one of the, it's a state in Brazil. Okay, there you go. There we go. Okay, very good pull, George. <laughs> Essential and romantic. We're all very impressed by your deep Brazilian knowledge, George C. Scott. He says, New York is not romantic. New York is more about sex and love, which is why I'm here. <laughs> oh, this Great. one's fun. This is like cartoon level New York. Fernando also, I said George. I said George C. Scott, not George C. Wolf. Sorry, I don't mean George C. Scott. This has nothing to do with Patton. It's okay, Russ. I mix those names up all the time. It's my life's work. <laughs> Go ahead. You were saying Fernando Ferrer, the Bronx Borough President. Okay. This answers exactly what you want. <laughs> there are some terrific romantic places in the Bronx. <laughs> when I was younger, Orchard Beach at dusk before the gambling started. City Island <laughs> Avenue, just as you get onto the island. There's a little park where on a nice summer night you can watch the bay, look out to the sound, and see the lights on the bridges. It's a beautiful sight. See the sailboats. It's really very beautiful. <laughs> Actually, sounds like Donald Trump. I lo- it, it does. I love that he's just like, oh, there are beautiful things in the Bronx. When I was a kid, yeah. before the gambling, <laughs> yeah. this was lovely. Excuse so the me. first thing you knew... That were beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, the first yeah. thing you need to see this beautiful site, my favorite beautiful site in New York is a time machine. <laughs> and then here's my other favorite. Just because of who he is, it's very romantic. You know Bobby Short? I'm the, not sure that I do. He's like a jazz pianist and singer. He played at the Carlisle for decades. He's in like okay. every Woody Allen movie that goes to the Cafe Carlisle. Okay. He says, it depends upon the season, doesn't it? In this awful weather... I think it's before one's own fire. One's own fire with good music playing. I'd put on a mixture, but lots and lots and lots of elegant jazz playing softly in the background. Candlelight, firelight, a little perfume maybe. That's not bad, is it? With a good meal behind and the last of the wine in front of you. My goodness. I know, Bobby. Baby. Bobby, yeah. Bobby, know, <laughs> Bobby knows how to talk to me. He and sh- also, <laughs> he's just like, oh, you want to be, you want a perfect New York place? Well, it's a little bit gross out right now, so just... <laughs> How about my your, place? Your home. <laughs> uh, you can't get a night in an apartment anywhere but New York. <laughs> that is a great point. And that's all the Valentine's Day news that's fit to print. Lovely. Well done, sir. So, episode time. We start off with a cold open. Well, we start off with who directed and wrote the episode. No. We're not going to. Why? I, this one's a real I, LSC trip. That's true. Oh, it's it. That's right. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, talk about Lucy in the Sky with Hala. <laughs> <laughs> this episode was directed by Lee Shalit Chemmel, who we haven't, we don't have any signature moves that we've noticed with her yet. No. Because we got the no, BK dollies. Not. We got the uh, Tommy yeah. Shlami reveals. We've got how Tommy Shlami loves to have people spin and use it to travel through time. Well, okay. <laughs> Uh, and this was written by three writers. Did you see that? I did. There were a lot of names on yeah, that Yeah, Beth Feger Falkenstein, who wrote a previous one. You remember her? She's the one whose brother owed my Sharona. Oh, she's my BFF. She's my best friend. Best friend forever. Damn right. I don't know why BFF. I said damn right. Damn right, she's my best friend. Dana Reston and Frank Lombardi, who are both nanny people. Oh, how neat. And then Frank sort of has spent the entirety of his career since then. 
working on every Frangexia show that existed. There were more? Which I love him for. Are you joking? Of course there were more. What other shows did she do? Russ, you sound like... I can't... This is humiliating. You don't know about uh, living with Fran? <laughs> I guess somehow I forgot. You don't know about happily divorced? <laughs> Who she divorced? That's right. I forgot about that one. I, she's divorced to somebody uh, of note uh, in that. Well, show. it's based on her and her husband's real life experience because they got divorced because he was gay. Because he was gay, and it's, yeah. is it uh, John? No, no. What's uh, oh my gosh? Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, that guy, John Michael Higgins. John Michael Higgins. Yes, I couldn't pull the rest oh, of his name. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that guy was famous. Oh yeah, he's well, he, very I mean, famous. He's, he's great. Oh, guess he's who else so was good. in it? Who? Rita Moreno. Oh wow! Wow, what a cast. <laughs> We should have watched it. <laughs> it's, we're not done. There's Ooh, still time. Ralph Macchio's in two episodes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyway, yeah, that's cool. all. I don't have anything to say about them. Okay, great. Now, can I do the cold open? Yeah. Okay, good. So, Jamie is making a peanut butter sandwich for herself. Gives Murray a little taste. And then she takes a bite. And Paul is on his way out the door. And he is trying desperately to give her a kiss goodbye. But she is chewing the chewiest, most sticky peanut butter sandwich in the world. No. Oh, does she take a bite of it? Yes. Oh, I thought you just put like a finger full in her mouth. You know what? I hope it was just a finger full. Because if she took a bite, I'm like, peanut butter sandwiches are way easier to No, I think it was a finger full. Great. So she's got peanut butter in her mouth. Can't seem to swallow it. Right. It's chunky. It is. Chunky or smooth peanut butter, John? Oh, it depends. It does not. There's the right answer. I bet you love chunky. I do. Because you're a child. I, <laughs> for me, it depends. What does it depend upon? Well, say I'm having it on a nice brioche. Uh, <laughs> of course, <laughs> creamy. But, you know, if we're looking at uh, something a little more simplistic and less nuanced, say a piece of bread. Then <laughs> 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 <And> chunky. <laughs> <laughs> I love a, a peanut butter brioche. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, yes, Paul comes by, is trying to kiss her goodbye, but she is having such a hard time getting this fingerful of peanut butter down that she cannot give him this kiss, try as he might. And eventually he plants one on her cheek and starts to leave. And then she swallows and he comes back in and gives her a big old kiss on the lip. I thought this was very cute and very sweet. I like this cold open a whole lot. Yeah, me. Me too. <laughs> Just like you saying, yeah, me. Yeah, me. <laughs> yeah, I did too. I got too much going on to say me too. Yeah, yeah me. <laughs> Next. <laughs> <laughs> We open the next scene. We're in the apartment. Jamie, Fran, Ira, and Paul are all getting ready to drive to Jersey to go outlet shopping. I love this. Yeah. This whole episode, for most of it, <laughs> the first, okay. first half at least of this episode, Keep this, scaling. it just Good. feels like the first few lines of the scene. <laughs> no, but this feels like it feels like we're in the meat of a show that we like. Okay. You know what I mean? We yeah. know all the people, we, we know, know the yep. places. It's relaxed. It, sure. It just it feels cozy. We've had enough relationship episodes and yes. world building episodes, and now You're we can right. just be like, now we can do the hey, let's see all these people getting ready to drive into another state. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're finally ready. Yeah. Gotta, That's the real final frontier, New Jersey. Work. <laughs> it's just cozy uh, yeah, it feels familiar you gotta lay a lot of track in order to have them travel out of state <laughs> off camera yeah it's gonna be like okay before we travel to new jersey i do have a question 
Did she ever cheat on him uh, before, <laughs> after they were engaged, before they were married? I just, this I need to know. I gotta know. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever happened to that peanut documentary he made? <laughs> so, yeah, there's a 50% off sale at this outlet store, and they're very excited. And Paul is very excited on his own because he is reading from a letter that he received written by, as we said, Yoko Ono. Oh, baby. The letter says things like, saw your recent film. This is funny, because he says, saw your recent film, ba 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 And I like that he didn't have to say, he ba 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 to borrow a term from Seinfeld, he yada yada over what the name of the film would have been. Uh-huh. They didn't have to come up with yes, the kind right. of documentary that Paul would make that Yoko would like. Because I think we all so, knew it probably was a New York at night. <laughs> right. <laughs> I saw that film where you had the person dressed like one of the cats from Cats <laughs> and the Phantom of the Opera <laughs> getting the into... commercial. Yeah, getting into a cab. <laughs> a cab, a clown cab. And I just loved it. <laughs> Signed, Yoko Ono. <laughs> it reminded me why I love living here. <laughs> New York really is the greatest city on earth. <laughs> so the other things that she says in this, that he is fawning over is she says he has an enlightened sensitive eye and an artistic soul a lifter of human spirits signed yoko ono love yoko love yoko ono and he is we know that paul loves to be flattered yes and loves compliments from anyone this is as complimentary as it gets indeed and from idol adjacent yes idol adjacent is right yeah which is something that we'll get into a little bit more soon yes great so uh yoko ono next... gets such a big laugh yeah when yeah. he says love As... yoko ono love yoko the ono. audience goes nuts yeah it's I, a, I mean you would not expect yes it's unexpected yoko, right yes, to say these things for sure and so uh from there we go to a chinese restaurant oh they do shopping. this great they make fun of something that's so real that no one makes fun of on tv or they probably do it i just don't remember but when they're all leaving mm -hmm. to go to the outlets and yeah. they're all putting their coats on and stuff, and each person's right. got a thing. It's like, are you ready? Yeah, I've been waiting for you. I'm ready. Are you ready? I thought we were going. Like, every, no one's ready. Everyone's acting like they're ready. It's so realistic, and it's funny, and it's uh, it, it's one of those. They don't call out the um, plays on real life things on this show, so they get overlooked. I think a lot. Sure. You know, that's making fun of life in the same way any show, Seinfeld, anything. Yeah. But it's just so um, quick and played out. It's not addressed directly. Right. So it's it doesn't a real, get... It's a real silly, funny moment that you you overlook because it's just it's just existing. It's just yes. living in the world. Yeah. So yeah. So then after we, we cut to the post-shopping experience where yeah. they're at a Chinese restaurant. So what a fun day. Yeah. Feels like it. a Sunday. Yeah. I think you're right. Or a Saturday. I'll bet you're right. Or a Saturday. Oh, could be a Saturday. <laughs> I hadn't even... John, I got so excited about the Sunday, I didn't even think about maybe it's a Saturday. We should stop recording. Oh. I've got to sit with this. Oh, sardonic Russ is very funny. <laughs> so... <laughs> three years of the podcast go i don't know but it made russ a prick <laughs> <laughs> it's funny though oh, man. funny i like it mean uh, but funny <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> so we're sitting in the restaurant and uh jamie is professing her innocence to something that we don't know about she's saying it's not stealing right paul says it's not not stealing jamie says yes it is 
because she purchased two sweaters or two, no, two one. shirts rather. Yes. No, she bought two. She got three. Oh, she bought two and got three. Yes. Gotcha. Bought two shirts, got three shirts and didn't find the extra shirt until they were through the tunnel. Right. So, so Paul, Paul, you're crazy. You're crazy. That's not stealing. That's not stealing. You psycho. But he doesn't feel comfortable having it. Has anything like this ever happened to you? Probably. And it's always like a gift. This happened to me, or something like this once happened to me. I was in college. I was at Tower Records looking through CDs. Uh-huh. And I was reading the back of one. This coffee's going on, I gotta say. Is it? All right, yeah, great. Pretty good. I'm reading the back of the CD at Tower Records, and then I just walked out the door, and I looked down, and I was just like, oh, I'm holding this CD. Oh, my. <laughs> nothing beeped? Nothing beeped. They had or those maybe, big things on them. It was either that nothing beeped or that the thing beeped so often. All the time. It was yeah. broken, so nobody cared. I honestly don't remember yeah, that Yeah, those part things are the boy who cried wolf. Yeah. Absolutely. So what I did was I turned around and I right. brought it back. Of course. I like walked half a block away before I snapped out of it. And then I was just like, I brought it back, even though I had gotten away with it totally. Good for you. Yeah. You know what the CD was? Oasis. You're very close. Oh, now now it's hard because uh, the band I say might not be close to Oasis, but I'll think it is. And that'll be funny. Well, should I just tell you? Bare Naked Ladies? No. What's that silver also... chair thing? Is that a band? Silver chair is a band. The silver chair. <laughs> no. The Rembrandts? Yes. Are you serious? LP? No. Oh. No. Okay, just tell No, don't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell we're me. Almost, you've, we're almost out of all of the music in the world, so you've almost picked Pearl it. Jam? So, no. no. It, was, uh, it was Let It Be Naked by the Beatles. <sighs> Oh my gosh. Isn't that cited yeah. in this episode? You're close. Not quite. That was something different. We'll oh, get okay. there too. Okay. Yeah. No, uh, they released the original recording of Let It Be was produced by Phil Spector. Yeah. And he put on all of these over the top string arrangements that made songs like The Long and Winding Road sound very over the top. And Paul right. McCartney was like, this is terrible. Never do this again. You can't do that. And yeah. so a few years ago, over 10 years ago at this point, yeah. he... <laughs> Tower Records, CD yeah, shopping. Yeah, Tower Records, Russ, Russ in college. Yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> You're much older than when this story happens. <laughs> <laughs> they released the albums without any of the orchestral things, just as the band. I've heard played. about these. They're on yeah, YouTube, right? They might no actually you can't find any Beatles uh, any actual Beatles recordings any early Beatles recordings on YouTube. Well, I've heard them somewhere illegally. Probably that yeah. sounds right. <laughs> so anyway, that's me stealing stuff. I don't have any memories. No. Okay. Of that, you, but I'm sure I've been I've found extra things. Do you just steal things so much that it's yeah. just water off the <laughs> yeah, duck's back? Yeah, hard to distinguish between actual yeah. theft and whatever this is. <laughs> So then we have a little bit about the names of the dishes at oh, this restaurant. Very fun play on Chinese restaurant dish names. Mm-hmm. They asked to pass the Happy Delight Shrimp, the Wonderful Taste Chicken, and the Bean Curd of Majesty and Wonder. Yeah, those they killed me. Pretty silly. I love Chinese restaurant culture. Yeah, I think I it's deeply fascinating. Very often. Huh? I don't go to actual like sit down and have uh, a meal. Chinese restaurants. I'll get takeout all the time. There aren't a lot of good ones left in New York. Yeah. But Los Angeles has still several. As I mentioned. You've mentioned a few times. (laughs) You know what? I'm not even going to go into it. If you want to hear me talk about Chinese restaurants in Los Angeles, pick any episode of Random from a backlog and I'll probably do it. Yeah. 
<laughs> so Paul talks a little bit about his experience, his thoughts on the shirt. And he says, ordinarily, I wouldn't mind returning the shirt the next time. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because Fran says, how about the next time we go back to the store, I'll re we'll return it. And Paul says, eh, ordinarily, I wouldn't mind returning the shirt. But Yoko Ono thinks I'm a lifter of human spirits. So it's a bad look for me if my wife is a lifter of shirts. <laughs> fun. Pretty silly. Pretty silly. It's good. A little bit. And so they discuss the different colors. Uh, this is a very Seinfeldy episode. Yes, it is. Lots of talk about a lot of minutia. Yeah, minu yes, minutia. More so than normal. Steve minutia. Steve minutia. <laughs> Steve minutia. 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 Minutia works, I guess. Sure. Uh, <laughs> okay, so that we'll we'll adopt that. They really get into the Steve minutia <laughs> of the episode. And they start discussing shirt colors, the different colors like beige, taupe, off-white, and tan. And don't forget camel. Camel, yes. Ira doesn't want to look lumpy in his camel I shirt. I love camel. Me too. I used to have a jacket that was camel. Oh, yeah. Good one. Yeah. I used to have a belt that was camel. Oh, my goodness. Not really. <laughs> I also had a jacket. You lie to I also like had a jacket. That. That's what. <laughs> you just didn't want to look lame. We're not, there's no quote, pull. There's no uh, clip for this one? I did not pull this clip. I am dying to hear the first clip you pulled. It's coming, baby. It's right here. More like a camel. That guy never said camel. Of course not. Camel's not a selling point. Does this sweater make me look lumpy? No. I'm getting a headache. It's the MSG. There's no MSG. You know what? This whole thing with MSG, it's a myth. My mom put accent on everything. There was never an incident. You know, I'm so full like a puke. <laughs> Thank you. No. Here we go, Franny. You're never supposed to hand someone their fortune. I thought it's electric wires you don't hand people. Right? Really? Fortune? You're supposed to take the one folded toward you and pass it to the right. Excuse me. No, no, no. You, you can't put it down after you touched it. Tell me there's no MSG in her food. Sunny smiles make for pleasant days. Bend over. You are loved by many. Oh. Bad luck follows the guilty. Hey. I'm not guilty. Who says I'm guilty? Oh, look at this. This is mine. Your wife is guilty and you're right all the time. The fortunes. Mm -hmm. Great clip, Paul. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, because they're talking about fortune cookie talk. What does Iris do bend over mean? Does it, is it a cynical thing of like, he's like, yeah, right. I'll just bend over. I think it's a yes. I think so. Not the other thing. I'm not sure. I, <laughs> I think he wants. I think he wants to sign a lease on Fran's back. You mean it's a right? I'm making a reference back to the. No, other I know episodes. that, but you're saying yeah. it's just a just a harmless little joke they're making. If you don't think too much about it, probably yeah. Yeah, it just seemed very cynical. I like very funny. <laughs> yeah, I like Ira talking about his mom putting accent on everything. Oh referring yeah, what to does MSG. that mean? That means MSG, like a taste accent. Back in the day, I'm pretty sure. I think he's saying that, like, yeah, my mom would have MSG and she'd put it on. She called it accent. My mom put accent on everything. Ah. Like you would salt or pepper something. Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I didn't understand that. I don't understand why the crowd erupts when Paul says, I'm so full I could puke. Oh, are you kidding? Did you love this so much? First off, the crowd does erupt. Like you said, the funniest thing that's ever happened the in history of comedy. <laughs> it's not even a joke. This is like a passing line, I think. Russ. Uh, I'm so full I could puke. How do you feel when you eat Chinese food? 
full. Just full, not extra full? Let's say I feel extra full. <laughs> you know what, John? I'm sorry I didn't say extra full to begin with. I didn't realize that was an option. I feel <laughs> There is feel something full. about Chinese food. It just feels good to eat. Yep. It's easy to get a cram a lot of it in. I think there's a very common Chinese food experience compared to a lot of other cuisines. Okay. American Chinese food makes you so full you feel like puking. Okay. It makes you so full you feel like puking. And so you say, I'm so full I could puke. And based on shared experience, yes. this crowd explodes in laughter. Yeah, that's right. I don't get this crowd, man. Well, I can't help you there. <laughs> get over it, Russ. This crowd is my people. <laughs> this fortune cookie talk that they all have uh -huh. is bananas. Oh, what the, the rules, traditions? The rules, yeah, yes. the rules of fortune cookies. Yeah, so you, uh, it faces yeah. you. You find the one that faces you, and then you pass the plate to the right. I think that's what they said. That's yeah. fun. I would do that's that. A, that's fun. I'm pretty sure when Jen and I watched this episode, we had Chinese food. Uh, as a coincidence? As a coincidence. Oh, look at that. And and she was just like, I would ask you to hand me my fortune cookie, but apparently I'm not allowed to do that. And there are all these rules. So <laughs> Yeah. I usually so, just yes. grab mine. Yeah. You take it. Yeah. And you if you have it. to hand it to somebody, you hand it to somebody. I mean, whatever. usually you plop them in the middle of the table on the bill. Again, uh, you know what? I do not do Chinese restaurants very often. Yeah, so you there's got no to. bill involved. Yeah, no, you, you got, got to. You... <laughs> Jamie's fortune is bad luck follows the guilty. <laughs> very good. And Paul jokes and says, your wife is guilty and you're right all the time. <laughs> but that's what adorable. Is. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've made the exact same joke. Oh, sure. <laughs> and then we cut back to the apartment. Yes. Lisa what a fun day, though, huh? Yeah, that was fun. Like, this felt like a fun day. That's what a TV show... Those are my favorite episodes of TV. The fun day episode. Yeah, the fun night or whatever. But, like, oh, this is, like, a fun time we had. Yeah. Or not even fun. Fun, but, like, fun. What? Meaning... <laughs> The parking space episode of uh, Seinfeld. Not the one in the okay. garage. The one where uh, they're all coming to watch the fight on TV and George gets in a fight with that other dude about right. whose spot it was. Yeah. And they just all spend the day running up and down from Jerry's apartment. Okay. It's just fun. It's a day. Yeah. just <laughs> That's all. So... <laughs> So now I'm confused because you were just like, what a fun day they had. You're right. They went shopping. Now they're at yeah, a, I'm conflating a, a Chinese things. restaurant. And I, oh, I like, you know, like that fun episode of Seinfeld where they walked up and down while George tried to park a car. You're right. Fun. You're right. <laughs> it's inconsistent at best. <laughs> at best. Yeah. So, sorry to bust you there, John. This does not hold water. <laughs> oh, Lisa's on the couch. Yes, Lisa's on the couch at the apartment. She had to use their phone. And she says, they have this thing where after 120 days, they shut it off. Like, what? I'm not going to pay them? <laughs> yeah, what a deadbeat. <laughs> also, she has a friend. I'm happy for her. Her friend Harriet. Yeah, her friend we Harriet. We, we heard about this friend. We did? Yeah, we heard about this friend in the past. She has two friends named Harriet. Oh, that's right. Yeah. She said Harriet called, and she said which one. That's right. Harriet called, the, and she may have been, I'm trying to remember if she's a lesbian. It's like, Harriet called, which one? The lesbian. Which one? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Jen pointed out something for months. She's pointed this oh, out, this and I've never mentioned good. it on the show. So that closet. Yes. That closet has a light in it. Okay. That light is always on. What do you mean? Every time they open the closet, the light's on in the closet. That's probably like a fridge. You think, you think they have an automatic fridge light in their closet? Yeah. 
Where you open it and the light automatically comes on? Yeah. That's the craziest thing. That's crazy? Yeah, that's not a thing. Uh, why not? Why It works in the fridge. <laughs> All you need is a button. Refrigerators also keep your food cold. The light Closets has nothing to do, do with that. the food temperature. <laughs> I know, but I'm saying why It's the not? same they problem. Have... It's the same if problem. You're gonna say, if you're going to say that why can't they do that for fridge? They have a, a light in a fridge. Why couldn't they have a light in a closet? I'm going to say because they serve different purposes. No, they don't. Closets They're both storage. Closets are refrigerators for clothes. No, refrigerators are closets for food. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> You're so hung up on temperature, you can't even see straight, pal. <laughs> oh, boy, if I had a nickel. <laughs> <laughs> so I, that is an interesting point, though. But I, I think it's like a fridge. You th <laughs> I really do. <laughs> okay. Rise guys and rise gals, please let us know. Yeah, well, yeah. A, let's do a poll. Do you have a fridge style light in your closet that turns no, on and off? No, that's not the poll. What? <laughs> that's that's the poll. No, the poll is: Do you think it's feasible, and would you want one? <laughs> Wait, no, that's not. <laughs> no one We're has that saying... in their home. <laughs> so, so we we always talk about how great this show is for its realism. That is true. And how much we appreciate it. Fair. And now you're just like, oh, man, no, they also have this future fanciful closet scenario. <laughs> yeah, how Jetsons. <laughs> yeah, what is this, the Jetsons? They got a light in with, their closet? With the light ring. <laughs> yeah. Ira, you gotta see this. <laughs> From the maker of the virtual reality machine, <laughs> it's a fridge closet light. <laughs> To be honest, I haven't. I, I've stopped paying as much attention to their um, apartment. Yeah, well, it hasn't changed a lot lately. That's true. They settled yeah. in. Yeah, as did we. Everybody knows the score. Oh, so Lisa has a uh, the missed calls on a pad of paper, right? Yes, she does. <laughs> your mother, my mother, your mother again. What is this? Yo yo called. Uh huh. <laughs> yo yo. Do you mean Yoko? Whatever. She's your friend. <laughs> Well, you, you, didn't get, you didn't get a number? I was on the other line. <laughs> get off the phone, please. Excuse me? Lisa, you're being bad. <laughs> you know what? I'll call you back. What? Do you know who that was? Harriet Doy. <laughs> no, no, Lisa, before. Lisa, that was Yoko Ono who called. <laughs> it didn't sound like her. Hey, Lisa, do you know... Do you... Why would she be calling you? I don't know. I don't know. Now I'm never going to find out because you didn't get a number. You call information. How many Y Onos can there be? Yo-yo. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. I would be furious. Do you mean Yoko? Whatever, she's your friend. <laughs> <laughs> Call information. How many Y Onos could there be? That's very fun. You would be furious? Of I would also course. be furious. He actually yeah. is pretty calm. Sure. For Paul, For missing a phone yeah. call uh, from Yoko Ono? Yeah, absolutely. And... Yeah, Jamie then says, you know, Paul's thinking about calling her. He's upset that he can't. Jamie says, it's too late to call her anyway. And Paul says, you know what time Yoko Ono goes to bed? Jamie says, I do. I read an article in Vanity Fair. Sleeping Habits of the Stars. Tony Randall takes naps. <laughs> yeah, because he's 100. Yeah. And then I wrote down, because I wasn't going to include that. But then when the Tony Randall takes naps part came up, I wrote down, if I can't quote Jamie Buckman talking t about Tony Randall's sleep schedule to you, why are we even doing a podcast? Yeah. Yeah. This is what we're doing. This is, this is your wheelhouse. Tony Randall's sleep. Oh, 
Yeah. <laughs> it, here's what's weird. I don't remember who I was talking about this with. Sometime in the past week, I was talking with someone about how there should be a museum about famous people's sleep habits. <laughs> I think. Now that I say that, there's also a chance it was a plot on a TV show I was watching, but that seems crazy. Not this one, obviously. <laughs> I swear I had this conversation with someone recently. Oh, my God. When I'm right, I'm right, John. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting idea. It, that, that, I, it's such an interesting ah, idea. Kirk Douglas? Uh, Fetal. <laughs> his son, Michael, has one of those apps that he uh, <laughs> he puts his phone down on his bed, and it tells him how much uh, REM he got. <laughs> oh, yeah, he gets plenty of REM, trust me. He has plenty of REM. <laughs> Michael Douglas, he's like a REM. He's like the, the king, king of REM. He's a REM slayer. <laughs> he's a Rembrandt of REM. Yeah, that guy gets so much REM. Uh, never mind. <laughs> yeah. Didn't he talk about that in the paper about how much REM he, he got and it got him sick? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he eats REM for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> Oh boy. Okay. So <laughs> that's as blue so as we get Paul, on here. <laughs> yeah, it is. So Paul Paul calls Ira. He says on the phone, Ira, it's me. Did you call and pretend to be Yoko? Yeah, if you're lying, that. if you're lying, I'll punch you right in the lungs. Yeah, which is insane. Very insane. I love that his first call though is to make sure it wasn't a prank. Yeah, absolutely. And I uh, would kill. I would pay a hundred million dollars to see to hear the lost tape of Ira pretending to be Yoko. Oh, no. <laughs> hey, it's me, Yoko. No, nope, yeah, it's going to be a little different than that. <laughs> I guarantee. Well, this it. is the one you're getting from me. Yeah. So, so uh, Ira says on the phone he likes the poetry. Everybody on this show loves Yoko Ono and her art. Yes. Well, she's a real New York figure. I feel like. She is, but she's also a real controversial figure. And that's what I love about this episode. They don't, no one has that stupid problem with her. No one has that problem. That is true. It's refreshing. Yes, I, I don't disagree. I'm not much a fan of her art. Yeah, I but, don't like modern stuff that much. Or yeah, but I like what she, I like the idea of Yoga Ono an Same. awful lot. It just seems so shocking to me that everybody seems to be fully on board all of the time. I love Even it. Even the fact that, yeah, you wouldn't, I wouldn't expect Ira to say, I like the poetry. I think that's why it's funny a little. Yeah, it's great. I think that whole theory's uh, misogynistic BS, right? It totally is. Absolutely. It makes me crazy. 100%. Yeah. Because I heard that my whole life. And then when I actually learned a little about it, I was like, this doesn't make any sense. No, it does not. It does not. Oh, when, when um, I learned a little about it, which was four months ago, <laughs> when I watched that Ron Howard documentary on the Beatles, which is phenomenal. Sure. It's good. It's a good one. But you watch it, you're like, oh, they just broke up because they're it's, adults. And they got, <laughs> yeah. they got sick of doing music together. Yeah, because John Lennon was angry his whole life, and because people change. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and because they were the four fam most famous people in the world. Yeah. And because bands break up. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Paul can't believe that Yoko called their home. Yes. Yeah. And I yeah, love then this. He says, he says to, I like this little exchange he has with Jamie, where he says, I can't believe that before me you didn't even like the Beatles. Yep. Jamie says, I like them. Paul says, yeah, well, not enough. I don't have to like everything you love, says Jamie. And Paul says, yeah, well, it wouldn't kill you if you did. 
Yeah, I mean, this is something I thought was important when I was younger, and now I don't think it's important. I'm going to grow out of it any day now. Yeah. No, <laughs> <laughs> no I, I agree. It's, uh, it is, it's, they talk about it in a, it's the central theme of high fidelity. Oh, it is? Of, yeah. Ba- oh, because like, he's picky about records? Ugh. Yeah, and he says what you, you know, they, they have a conversation about how what you like is more important than what you are like and how your personal taste matters. And right. then as he grows up, by the end of the movie, he's making a new mixtape for his girlfriend full of stuff that she would like, full of stuff that would make her happy. So he has grown. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah. I got to rewatch that movie. It's a great movie. It's really great. I watched it at a time where that theme would have helped me, I think, when I was like a sophomore in college and uh, didn't click. <laughs> it didn't take that away from it. <laughs> what I took away from it was, boy, adults have a lot of relationships. <laughs> oh, man. I feel like they get a big laugh from him being him reacting to her not reacting. About you know, he's like, Yoko Ono called. She's like, yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And yes. he's just like, what? Uh, what? uh-huh. What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's good so a dynamic between me and my girlfriend. <laughs> of you being, you get very amped about things. And oh, she is sure. Much like more, Eric Pagosian yeah. or something. I love that. I, yeah, I we love that. We slept all the dynamic. way to Williamstown just to see him in a play. And I saw him, you know, after the show and I didn't yeah. go up to him, but I was like, uh, uh, uh. what a funny person to be so starstruck. <laughs> I know. It's always the weird ones. Joey like... Slotnick made my knees buckle at the TJ and Dave show. Sean! <laughs> Anthony Edwards. I saw that Christopher Durang play at the public a few years ago <laughs> when he was in our row. I get Anthony out. Edwards. He was the lead. Yeah. Joey Slotnick was the the second the supporting actor on the single guy. <laughs> it's my wheelhouse. <laughs> I love Joey Slotnick. You know what? Forget forget I'm laughing. I would be totally stuck. He lives in Harlem. Joey I'm dying Does to meet really? him. Yeah. Oh my God. We gotta get him on the show. We have to get Joey Slotnick on the show. Oh, I bet we could. I'll bet we could. We should wait till the single guy. Oh, doesn't the single guy premiere this year? I think this coming next. Yeah, uh, next season. No, wait, no, two two years. Oh, a year after Friends. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So we'll get to we'll get to him in 2020. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if we hurry. Everyone, start <laughs> tweeting at Joey Slotnick now. Let's get the campaign going. <laughs> Let's get this rolling. So yeah, Jamie then want, is ready to pick a shirt, and she's saying, "Which shirt do you like more?" Paul says, "Which shirt is stolen?" And Jamie says, "Not stolen, given to me." And then we get the ill-gotten gains yeah. conversation. Which one of these do you like better? Which one is stolen? <laughs> I didn't steal it. It was given to me. Yeah, well, still, it's it's ill-gotten gains. Oh, ill-gotten gains? Yes, ma'am. Gains that were illy-gotten. That's fun. That's the oh, fun Oh, anytime little... Paul plays with language. Ill-gotten gains Ill... is in the same family as, uh, what's the term he used for, like, horseplay? Pell-mell. Pell-mell. Yeah. And, and, and saying that the gains are illy-gotten is funny. Sure. To adverb that. Is a good time. Does this clip include the debate about grapes? Yes, I believe it does. Fascinating debate. Very funny. In case it doesn't, let's talk about it. Paul eats grapes at the grocery store. Yes, which is horrific. But something like my grandmother did. Yeah, people have done that. And for I'm sure ages. Sylvia did that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To, to, mm-hmm. But just to um, not because they were hungry, just to like make sure it was a good bunch. I think they might have done it because they're hungry. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'm naive. <laughs> you got some grapes right there? You're going to take some grapes. Yeah, I guess so. That's stealing. <laughs> that is stealing. Paul says they factor it in. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what stealers do. Yeah. yeah. 
he's crazy about this theft. Yeah, and it's funny, Jamie. Jamie getting to the bottom of what is okay to steal and what is not okay to steal is yes. very funny. Bigger than and a so grape, you, smaller than a blouse. Yeah, were you saying? Yeah, it's good. you're allowed to steal something smaller than a shirt, but bigger than a grape. <laughs> This is a complicated episode because okay. we haven't gotten to any bad karma yet, but That's we true. have it's gotten to, to happen, Beatles, though. but we're already like halfway into the episode and bad karma is a play on two things. The bad karma in the episode and the Beatles in the episode. Instant karma. Yes. And I would say that the actual karma would be the primary excuse for naming it that. But it, so you're yes, it, I, I hear it's you. weird. It's like it's joining two unrelated ideas in both the episode <laughs> Yeah, not uh, both. Well, I just mean, in the episode. If it makes you feel any better, they hit the karma thing pretty hard. They for the sure do. Two thirds of the episode, they hit it so hard that I forgot it took this long to introduce the karma. Yeah, for sure. Because we're to scene said, four next. Yeah, Paul says bad luck follows the guilty. Jamie says, "I know." Stop quoting our dessert. Yeah. He goes over to close the window, and the window valence, valence, valence. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. The shade. The shade. Thank you. That's how it's pronounced. It falls on his <laughs> oh, head. Oh, that's a good one. That's a Victor Borges style. <laughs> it falls on his head, and Paul says, "This was meant for you." Yeah. And then we go to commercial. When we come back from commercial, Jamie is doing aerobics to a video on the TV. This kills me. It's the next morning. It's pretty great. Jamie just says, is this the stupidest thing I ever bought? Paul says, yes. Yeah. <laughs> As he crosses from one end yeah. of the camera to the other. It's to really the, go to the kitchen. Uh. <laughs> They get into the kitchen, or Paul gets into the kitchen, rather, as Jamie is exercising. Do you remember when step aerobics was a huge thing? Yeah. Yeah. I did. I, I, my mom got very into it, and it was just like, I'm young enough. I'll go to step aerobics, mom. Why not? Oh. As I'm saying it out loud, I'm like, I may not have been young enough. I was probably too old to do step aerobics with mom. You were doing it? Maybe once or twice. Probably. I'm going to say once, where I was just like, oh, Okay aerobics exercise fun and i went and i got there i was just like nope i thought you were just going to look at ladies butts yeah maybe there's some of that too yeah <laughs> middle school russ middle school oh, i was a scoundrel a bunch so, of all you all you little rascals piled up outside <laughs> the exercise centers watching the aerobics classes yeah, yeah. <laughs> just peering over move i can't see ow <laughs> wow <laughs> Uh, that's nothing. I got a Playboy in the woods. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Paul Buckman in aerobics class. Ow. <laughs> oh. Ouch. <laughs> oh, I can't. I'm dying. <laughs> a hit. A palpable hit. <laughs> that would be great. If Paul, when he saw a pretty woman, was just like, uh, started quoting Shakespeare. <laughs> Yeah, so Paul does yell. He's not aroused, but he does yell, ow. Jamie says, what happens? He says, that almost hit my foot. That's very funny. It is a can that has fallen. So yeah, <laughs> him yelling, ow, yeah. about something that almost happened. A hypothetical. I like a yeah. I do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, all the time. Yeah. Paul says, if that shirt is not a jinx, then how come I'm out of cereal all of a sudden? <laughs> He may be taking it a little bit too far. Well, I don't know, though. <laughs> he then drinks some orange juice straight from the carton like a monster. Like a sitcom star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he starts making some big coughing faces. Boy, does he have fun with this one. Some His coughing faces and sounds and choices. He 
He's playing in the back of the house with this. And it, uh, the back, let me tell you, the back of the house is loving it. Yeah, they sure do enjoy And it. as someone at the front of the house, so am I. <laughs> Ooh, look who can afford front of the house tickets. Yeah. Speaking of Tony Randall, he says he's choking on a pit in the juice. Yeah. That was a whole part of a plot of an episode of The Odd Couple. <laughs> you are so funny. Where Oscar, played by Jack Klugman, have you seen this one? He uh, uh, No, I have not seen, I don't <laughs> think I've seen any episodes of the show, maybe one or two. But he yeah. starts sleepwalking. He has a problem where he sleepwalks with a rolled up newspaper and would hit Felix in the head with it. <laughs> and it was a sublimity, like it was his subconscious yeah. acting out towards all of his aggression towards Felix. And then in the day, he's a sweetheart. That's so funny. And it was just this chant that he had in his head because Felix was like, I don't like pits in my juice. <laughs> so you hear Jack Klugman going, I don't like pits, pits, pits in my juice, juice, juice. <laughs> it sounds weird, I guess. <laughs> From you, John, it sounds completely normal. Yeah, okay. <laughs> sounds like a 70s sitcom. I love it. That's great. Some so, <laughs> urban so cowboy yes. of sitcoms. Midnight cowboy. Was, Whichever one's like, weird. <laughs> <laughs> So Paul says Heimlich me. Jamie says, you know, there's a rule. If you can say Heimlich, it means you don't need the Heimlich. Paul says, humor me. And <laughs> That's yeah, funny. I missed all of that. I think I was laughing yeah. so hard at his business <laughs> that I literally missed all those lines. He spits up a pit or whatever it is. And he says, since when are there pits in concentrate? Ah, it's good. Uh, I like that a lot. And uh, I also and so love Jamie... your taupe shirt is trying to kill me. Yeah, yes. Jamie has had enough of the taupe shirt thing, and so she throws it out the window. Which is also crazy. Yeah, there's got to be another way. Also crazy that Paul would be okay with that. He's not okay <laughs> with the shirt. Throw it out the window. Yeah. yeah, accidentally finding its way into a shopping bag, but he's like, yeah, just chuck it out the window into the just street. <laughs> Who cares? Well, at first he had principles about it. At first it was a, hey, you can't steal that. Now it's this thing is cursed. Oh, you're right. Actually, you're right. As she throws it away, they get a phone call. Hello? Yes, he's right here. Hold on one second. It's Yoko. Oh, no. I'm pretty sure. Look at that. The second you throw the it's shirt Yoko. up. Oh, no, no, no. Hello? Hi. Hi. Wow. How are you? How are you? I... Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. That's very sweet. Thank you. Tomorrow night. Oh, wow. We would love that. My parents wanted to have dinner. We, we will absolutely be there. Oh. We look forward. Thank you very much. Bye now. What? 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 <clears throat> Gotta go to a little cocktail party at Yoko Ono's house. Wow. Yeah, a little cocktail party at Yoko Ono's house. <laughs> oh, baby. It's Yoko. You better believe it. Oh. My goodness me. My parents want to have dinner. His face. That's so funny. His face. Her That's face. so funny. Her delivery. It's great. Oh. It's great. Her just stonewalling that. Like she also, you could tell in her face that she knows it's a long shot probably. Like. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this is the important part of this is that they are saying tomorrow night. Yes. He's saying, they want to, you want to do this tomorrow night? Tomorrow night. Yes. We'll see you tomorrow. I know what you're saying. I know where this is yeah. headed. Yeah. Yeah. Dinner with the mayor. <laughs> Dinner, yeah, write it on the board. 
This is far simpler than that situation. <laughs> yeah. Everybody needs to watch State in Maine, by the way. Yeah. A wonderful movie. We'll cover it in a mini app one day for no reason. For no reason. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, David Paymer yeah, stars in State okay. Maine and his brother, yes, one of the main yes. writers on Mad About You. A Mad About You writer's brother is in yeah. this movie for a couple of minutes, so we should probably talk about well, it. Well, not a couple of minutes. Yes. Most of the movie. David Pamer? Also, hey, Russ, oh, wasn't no, wait, that no, the premise right. of a mini-sode you did with Jen about Tales from the Crypt? Yeah. Oh, that's right. He was in that. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Great. Now it's seamless. There's precedent. Uh, oh, should all of our mini-sodes just be David Pamer's? <laughs> the work of David Pamer? Listen, if you want to do an eight-part eight <laughs> mini-sode on Mr. Saturday Night... <laughs> I'm there. He came to the right place. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, so okay. <laughs> there might be some music playing. Everyone, I'm staying in Washington Heights, and the neighbors are playing. They play some loud music, so there might be some on the track now. I don't know if there is. There's no way to take it out. <laughs> We're gonna find out. Yeah, we'll a find out together. Festive music going on. <laughs> so. <laughs> Paul has some doubt. He says, "Why me? Why, you know, why have I? Why yes. have we why been invited? Why me? does she care about me? Like he thinks almost that it's some like weird thing where she's gonna like make fun of him. Yeah, right. She, he's just. It's funny because he, yeah, he's got this. He's got this self doubt as are as artists. Tend All to. artists. It's exhausting. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And Jamie must be exhausted when she says, "Please don't look for the bad in this." Yeah, it doesn't get a laugh either. No, well, it's, it's not, not a joke. To. Yeah. Yeah, the whole audience yeah, is like, yeah, Paul, yeah. don't. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then Paul flips the switch and is like, eh, she probably has this rare Beatles footage she can only trust me with. So we went from why does she want yeah. me to, oh, I'm very popular and famous and I'm yeah. the only person. I'm uh, the only person she ride. trusts to look yeah. at this lost footage. Yeah, yeah. Jamie wants to know what am I going to wear? And Paul says, just don't wear anything that's cursed, please. <laughs> Jamie says, nothing's going to mess this up. She's going to love you. She loves your work. I'm going to do the strong, admiring wife thing, which I got from her in the first place. She's going to love me, too. I love that line. Again, yeah, that is almost like a, a line of defiance where it's just like, you don't want to know where we stand on Yoko. The only time we talk about her character is to say that she did the strong, admiring yeah. wife thing. Yeah. That is where we fall on the Yoko stance. I think it's safe to say mad about you and mad about mad about you are both very pro Yoko. Pro Yoko. We are Proko. So so Lisa found the shirt outside. She brings it back upstairs. Perfect. Saying, look what I just found. Yeah. <laughs> Tag still on it. Paul grabs it to throw it back out the window. And he sticks himself with pins from the shirt. Yeah. And they didn't yeah. unwrap it? Wasn't she wearing it or something? It is flawed. This is a flawed bit. Okay, yes. you're right. I, you know what? I'm not going to ruin it. Yeah. <laughs> so later on in the day, in fact, it's the next day, isn't it? We cut back from commercial and they are getting dressed. Paul and Jamie are getting dressed. And Paul, again, can't get over it. He says, you don't even like the Beatles that much. Jamie says, I like them. Paul says, yeah, well, not enough. And Jamie, again, says, I love Yoko. It, she might be the only person I can think of who is just like the Yoko, uh, the the Beatles are meh, but Yoko I love. Totally, that's true. <laughs> and Paul wants to know, uh, oh, because Jamie's getting dressed and she's putting on the blouse, and Paul says, "What are you doing? Blouse of death, blouse of death." I love the term blouse of death. Yeah, it's really fun. And Jamie wants to. Uh, Jamie's saying, "No, no, no. This is uh, the beige shirt. I returned the taupe shirt." 
She lies and says that she returned. Yeah, she's playing with fire, and I think she's yeah, crazy. This is a bad move. Yeah, this is bad one where Jamie. it's just like, yeah, you know how Paul gets. Don't teach him a lesson about anything ever. Just, <laughs> just give him this one. Also, you need to learn the lesson, Jamie. It's cursed. It's <laughs> Somebody's got to learn a lesson, all right, and it's you. <laughs> Paul has a lucky jacket from the time that he got a great parking spot. Uh, and he's the, wearing yeah. it that night. That, he decides to wear it, yeah. And also, free pancakes at the IHOP scratch-off thing. Yeah. Do you know what that is? IHOP. My guess is that in this world, oh, they went boy, to IHOP. Loud. Yeah, they went to IHOP. There was a scratch-off. He won the scratch-off. Aren't all pancakes free at IHOP? No. Well, no. <laughs> what, what kind of a business model is that? No, but you order anything. Doesn't it come with free pancakes? Well, it comes with pancakes, but also if you order the pan, you can. That's if you order anything. Yeah, no, if you I order understand. a different thing. Right. Yeah. I'm. I'm not an idiot. Well, then why did you say that? <laughs> oh, the music stopped. Okay, I'm not going to move. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. <laughs> We're getting a tour of uh, the place. That yeah, John's I'm walking staying. around the apartment with the mic in my hand, like. Uh, <laughs> What's his name from The prices, right? Bob Barker. <laughs> Bob Barker. You got a long, thin microphone. <laughs> so the doorbell goes off and it's Fran. And Fran is dressed to go out. <laughs> yes, she is. Boy. Woo, baby. Yeah. She's wearing a black dress. I had such a crush on her when I was a kid. Have I mentioned oh, that? Oh, yeah? Yeah. No, you did not. Big time. Wow. She's uh, she's trying to get an invite to Yoko's that yes. night. She's trying to crash it. Yeah. And she's using all every trick in the book, all of her sob stories. She got a the, babysitter. The, she's a yeah. widow. That's my favorite. I'm a, yeah, I'm a widow. Jamie says, you're divorced. I'm divorced. <laughs> she said, still works in Fran's mind. I bought the widow. Oh, yeah. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> I died. forgot. You were like, oh, that's right. That's yeah. So yeah, that's right. Her husband died. Another. That's so what divorce another, feels like, I think. It kind of does. Here's another thing that I read recently. I looked up Richard Kind. And I was reading a little bit about him. This is a quick aside. Richard Kind said that they wouldn't let the show be called Riser. He wanted it to be called Riser. And uh, who did they Paul said, Riser? No. I think I think that's what I read. Yeah, but they were trying, or that his that Paul Riser's agent was trying to get it right as Riser, right, like Seinfeld. Yeah, and the company wouldn't have it, and so. They're all thinking about what to name it. And he arrives, Richard Kind arrives on set one day in the early goings, and he pulls in and he sees a sign around the stage that says Mad About You. And he goes, what a great name for the show. That would be perfect. So he goes into the meeting and he goes, guys, I got it. We've got a, I've got a terrific name for the show. We call it Mad About You. And they were like, yes, yeah, that, is, that's the that, show. Is, <laughs> that is the name of the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Richard. Isn't that great? Yeah. <laughs> Jamie is saying no to Fran. Fran cannot come out with them. And she borrows Fran's clip-on earrings to go out. And Fran compliments Jamie on her outfit. She says, I love the way the taupe is offset by the black. And this is a tip-off to Paul, potentially. Yep. That, that it is the haunted blouse. The blouse of death. Yeah, blouse of it's death. It's still there. Yeah, and it's we learned that funny. Jamie... <laughs> We learned that Jamie wants to prove a point to Paul. She's right. trying to prove the point. There's no such thing as a haunted blouse. Feels very I Love Lucy to me, and I love it. Yes. So Fran leaves, and as she's leaving, as a parting shot, she says, I memorized the entire album where they were naked. What do you know about this, John? Oh, absolutely nothing. Okay. So Except they're two hippies, so I they believe They are two it's... hippies. Towards the end of the Beatles run, when John and Yoko were very much in love, 
they recorded an album together called Two Virgins. Okay. Oh, I've heard of that. And on, yes. And on the album cover, they were both naked. Okay. I'm looking at that right now. Yeah. Well, I want you to go ahead and open up the link that I sent you. Okay. I did. Okay. And that link is 31 minutes, and it is the audio of Two Virgins. This is the album that so the memorized. joke is friend memorize a 30 minute album well that's part of the joke oh the, can well, i listen to is, it the joke is she's saying i love that album i love the album so much i memorized it i want you to go ahead and listen to the album that she memorized okay skip around <laughs> <laughs> what if this get a better laugh it got an okay laugh, but it got it didn't get a better laugh because I don't think most of the world knows that it's just virgins, crazy noises, right? It's nonsense. <laughs> it's abstract art. <laughs> it's incoherent. It's incoherent. Just sounds that is and them so yelling funny. for thirty minutes. That's hysterical. So yeah, the idea that Fran memorized this, I'm laughing for a different reason. <laughs> Right. But yeah, I'm like, good job. Wait it. Wow, Fran, you really love Yoko Ono. That's very funny. <laughs> so <laughs> mark the time on this. Maybe we'll plug some of it in. Oh, yeah. Right. Thank you. Yeah. So then we cut outside and we are in what Jamie calls one of the six checkered cabs left in the city. Yeah. Okay. What luck they have. huh? What luck. <laughs> one of the old school checkered cabs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, see how lucky we are? Wait. That's what she says. Oh, now Jamie is the one saying, oh, look at how lucky we are. We're lucky again. <laughs> did we say Paul's jacket rips? Oh, that's right. We did not. Yeah, Sorry. before they leave the house. Before they leave the Paul house. Paul puts his jacket on, his lucky jacket, and it rips. Yep, and it rips. Jamie says, we'll sew it in the cab. And but, Paul says, are you sure that's not taupe? Yeah, I think. He's uh, on to her. So then from there, we go into the cab. Okay. Beautiful. So yeah, they're in the okay. cab, 72nd Central Park West, the Dakota, yep. as everyone the knows. The Dakota. Mm -hmm. Strawberry Fields, all those good mm -hmm. sights. Part of yep, the Mad About yep, Mad yep, About yep. You reality tour. <laughs> the driver of this cab starts smoking. What do we know about the driver, John? Oh, the driver. Did she ring a bell to you? Can you hear me? Now I can. Did the driver ring a bell to you? No. I'm shocked because her name is Susan Blomare. Okay. I don't know if that's how you say it. <laughs> <laughs> Blomert, maybe? I don't know. But a couple films she might have been in, and by might, okay. I mean was. Were. Edward Scissorhands. Oh. Speaking of. Okay, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You remember her now? I think I do. I think she was... Tinka. I, I could be wrong. I think she was particularly sexually... She may have been trying to... Seduce him? Seduce him, yes. I think she that might have been her. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. What else? Great. Uh, oh, she's in everything. She's in a million things. I mean, okay. like guarding Tess, Pet Cemetery, Crossing Delancey. Didn't we cross about, talk about Crossing Delancey on here once? I'm not sure. I don't think so. I don't so. know. Maybe in my life. She was in everything. First and foremost, guarding Tess. I, so. <laughs> you're right. I have a... Okay, fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> my calibration's always a little off on what people... <laughs> Uh, Kinsey, Doubt. Oh, cool. Okay. Confessions of a Shopaholic. Was that that Steve Martin one? No. No, that was Shop Girl, I think. Yeah, you're right. Inside the Wind Davis. Okay. Et cetera. Cool. She's in a couple Louis. She's uh, Mozart in the Jungle. She played, she was in an episode. Oh, great. I think she might be the boss of, uh, the in The Sopranos, everyone's favorite episode title of any show ever, Johnny Cakes. Oh, I think great. she might be the lady that hires him or something to okay. do farm work, something like that. You know, she's just not a, she's a character actress. Great. And lately, she played Miss Lynch in the revival of Greece in 2007 on Broadway. 
Oh, wow. That's terrific. Yeah. She looks like a perfect Miss Lynch. Yeah. She's a lot of fun in this. Yeah. She's very funny in this. Yeah. She starts smoking and Paul says, it says no smoking. She says, that's in the back. Paul says, still, do you mind? She says, it calms me. And at that point, Dispatch calls in. Dispatch, played by Steve Steve Paper, baby. (laughs) We learn very quickly that it is the driver's husband. Right. Yeah, he says, family business. Yeah, 227, come in. Don't you 227 me. Wait, 227, what is that? That's the cab number. Isn't that also a TV show? Yes, with Jack Hay. Yeah, right. Yeah. She says, we never cuddle. And they go back and forth. It's boring, right? They're having a fight. Yeah. This is for me where the whole episode just starts to be like, I don't care. It picks up towards the end, but we have a little... We have a little needless farce right in the middle. Yes, we have a needless farce in the middle. That is the perfect way of putting it. Yeah, I feel like they had a punchline to this episode at the end where it's just like, oh, we screwed up and we we came to Yoko's the wrong day. Spoilers, spoilers. Oh, spoiler alert. Sorry, everybody. Skip ahead. (laughs) (laughs) I always listen to the last minute of a podcast. (laughs) First. (laughs) So, yeah. So she says, you don't think I pull my weight in the relationship? She says this to dispatch. If I pick up two fees, would that make you happy? And she pulls over. It's weird. She picks up a second fare. Yes. A British guy. What do we know about the British guy? Uh, Anything? What do we know? What are are we, the CIA? (laughs) What do we got on this guy? Yeah, what do we got on the British guy? (laughs) Sir, could you use more specific language? Uh, Yes, he's played by Simon Templeman. Okay. His name in the episode, I didn't realize he had a name, is Martin. Okay. Yeah, another character had a name. Well, all right. We'll come back to that. Keep talking. Simon Templeman has been in Live Nude Girls... Okay. I am soldier. Okay. Black Road. Do any of these uh, mean anything to you? Are these maybe British? I'm not sure. Oh, maybe. I wonder if he, I wonder if they are. What's the neighbors? I don't know. Dan Fogelman. Huh. Okay. Well, he was in that show. He was in a, like an ABC show, 44 episodes uh, called The Neighbors. He was cool. in uh, three episodes of House of Lie. Oh, he was in an episode of The Odd Couple, The Revival. Uh, great. There we go. <laughs> uh, now, now, okay. Now he's starting to feel familiar to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eleven episodes of Just Shoot Me. Awesome. Yeah, I don't know. Nothing crazy. She... Let me Broadway him. Oh, yeah. baby. Oh, Broadway oh. him up. Oh my gosh. What's up? He was in an, something that gets brought up on uh, West Wing Weekly a lot. What's that? Is it the West Wing? <laughs> no, Nicholas Nickleby. Oh. The famous production from England. How cool. Uh, starring Lord John Marbury. What's his name? Yeah, Roger Reese. Yeah, Roger Reese. The RSC's big famous production. Right, right, Yeah, right. he was in that. How cool. That is cool. His name is Martin in this, you said? Yes. I... According to IMDb. Well, great. I'm sure that it... Well, I'm sure that it is. (laughs) No, well, I'm sure that's all. I'm sure it is, Martin. The Beatles producer was named George Martin. Are you telling me all of these things are like hidden Beatles things? Maybe, because there's also... If you play this episode backwards... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It says Paul Paul is dead. Paul Reiser is dead. (laughs) Paul Reiser is dead. Is Rita anything? Rita the cabbie? It is. It is. There's a song called Lovely Rita. I can't. These are so tangential on some level that I can't tell if you're crazy or if these are deliberate. Well, well, I think George Martin might be me being crazy. The Martin connection. Uh But Lovely Rita is a meter maid. (gasps) Interesting. So that's a little bit closer. That's a great song. uh, What about Elevator Operator? Is that a a song? (laughs) (laughs) Or Maid? Maid? I'll bet if you gave me enough time, I'd be able to come up with a. Yeah, didn't they? Wasn't their first concert in the U.S. the Orpheum Maid Theater? (laughs) No, but they used to play gigs in elevators all the time. (laughs) 
Wait, what was the name of their studio? Abbey Road. Oh yeah, never mind. Abbey I don't Road know why studio. in my head it was like elevator something. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure there's an elevator thing that I'm not thinking of right now. Sweepstakes. That... Connect What's the Beatles the, the, to yeah. elevators. Please do. We would love it. I would love that. So oh, uh, this would have been a great guy... episode to have Will Hines on. I, you know, I thought about it on Wednesday. Yeah. And I was just like, there's just not enough time. Host of the Beatles. Be- What's it called? Yeah. It's called uh, Will Hines hosts a show called Screw It. We're just going to talk about the Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we will get him. We'll look into the future Yoko episode that oh, I think happens. great call. And we'll get him for that one. Hopefully. Yes. Everyone start tweeting. <laughs> Yeah, so the British guy gets in and says, just uh, Martin, I'll call him. Martin says, just get me out of this city and as close to England as possible. Be a little bit more helpful, Martin. (laughs) His job is to be the antagonist. He is helping. (laughs) So he starts smoking in the back seat, which makes Paul say, excuse me, this is the no smoking section of the cab, which is funny. Which is funny. Uh, I guess. And then when Jamie says he's allergic, the guy actually kind of listens. Yeah, he rolls down his window and starts blowing smoke out of it. Well, he he throws the cigar out the window. The cigarette. The cigarette, yes. And then it, it blows that, back on yeah. Paul's leg. Yeah, that happens. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, it's like, uh, yeah, that happens. Well, yeah, because uh, I was going to say, we first we learned that Rita left the house without her glasses. Yeah. So we're, we're amping up the fact that she is a bad driver. This is just feels like they turned the episode in and they were like, whoa, 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 you're missing yeah. eight pages. You're missing, you're missing, <laughs> yeah, missing, you got to fill this out. Yeah. And they were like, but, but we only have two get... hours. <laughs> so at that point, when the cigarette blows back into Paul's lap, Jamie confesses, says, this is a taupe. This is the shirt. This is the blouse. It's haunted. And they pull over abruptly to go to Macy's, which is right there. There's a Macy's right there, she says. It's on the wrong side of the street. Is it? This bothered me. Interesting. It... You know what bothered me? What? They pull right up to the curb right in front of a Macy's in Manhattan. And it just works just fine. Just there's a spot. And oh, yeah. And I'm pretty sure it is. Is this Macy's 34th Street? I would assume so. Yeah. I think it is. This is the flagship Macy's. Yeah. And there's just parking right in front well, for a cab. Well, it's not parking. It's so you think that she's illegally parked? Yeah. Okay. I think that's plausible. Sure. Okay. I'll allow it. But they're traveling from the West Village mm-hmm. to 72nd and Central Park West. Okay. South to North. Right. 7th Avenue. Macy's between 6th and 7th Avenue. 7th Avenue runs South. 6th Avenue runs North. Okay. If they're traveling North, that means they're traveling up 6th Avenue. Okay. Which means Macy's would be on the left, not the right. This is really great. It's true. (laughs) I'm sure it is. This is really great detective work. It's not detective work. It's glaringly obvious. Everybody. Well, it's just because they go to such great lengths to make everything so authentic on the show. And then this one, I was like, oh, well, you beefed it. (laughs) Do better, Matt, about you. Come on. Listen, I forgave. I forgave it immediately. Well, good. So then we cut to the inside of Macy's where we meet the aforementioned elevator operator. We're already 20 minutes late. Women's blouses? Seventh floor. Thank you. Second floor, men's furnishings and accessories, wallets, belts, ties, cravats, suspenders. Excuse me, who are you telling this to? You. Watchbands, hosiery, handkerchiefs. Excuse me, we, we really don't need to know this. Would you rather just 
push a button? Yeah, this is what this is just another little Farsi yeah. thing. We just heard the whole scene. Yeah. <laughs> During the middle of it, Paul and Jamie get so bored and tired that they sit down. I did the same. <laughs> uh, do you recognize this guy? I don't. I did not. He plays a little character named Martin as well in a film that you, I think, love. Of what film? Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. <laughs> Who is he in that? Martin. He is Martin. I don't know who that is. I never saw it. I'll have to uh, watch with a more discerning eye. He's also in the movie version of Gypsy. Oh, cool. Oh, an old World War II movie called Winged Victory. Oh, directed by George Cukor. Who's that? George Cukor? Yeah. Huge director. My Fair Lady, Philadelphia Story. Like, super famous Hollywood director. Great. Going back all the way. He used to have these big swinging parties. Wizard of Oz director? Wait, this is interesting. Uncredited. I don't know what that means. Because that was... (laughs) I don't know what's going on with Wizard of Oz. Okay. Gone with the Wind? Oh, it says uncredited, though. I don't understand what all these uncredited ones are. I don't know. This isn't... Is this guy really a director? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, this actor is George Petrie. He had a small Broadway career that Great. ended in 1945. Like, this guy is an old, obviously. Old dude. Obviously. Yeah. Cool. I, the plays well, back then... Oh, Winged Victory. That's the movie he did. Hmm. There was a play called Army Play-by-Play. Okay. Anyway, oh, it doesn't he does matter. He does a fine job in this little scene. Yes, he gets his he gets his laughs. Yes. They get into the onto the shopping floor and Jamie finds something to wear and then she wants to go get shoes to go with the blouse because women be shopping, John. <laughs> That's so true though. They get back down to the cab and first of all the british guy is with them as well yeah so he's waiting the cab is waiting this bothers you me. know you know how this happens you know how you yeah. get out of a cab and you just the cab stays there for you this whole thing and then to be able to get into the car with rita not being there yeah. and where's rita she's buying shoes we learn yeah just get another cab get a yeah yeah don't have this little rejoinder yeah. just Cut from Macy's to the Dakota, which is where we go next. Yeah. We go uh, straight to the Dakota, where they are two hours late. And (laughs) Jamie says, her parties go on all night. I read it in Vanity Fair. I actually did this time. (laughs) And uh, the housekeeper comes and opens the door, lets them in. And this is where she says, you're on the guest list for tomorrow night. Yoko is in London. They have mistaken the night of the party. I do not know how. I don't know how you mistake tomorrow to mean day after tomorrow right it's not like they said monday versus tuesday and they weren't sure which day it was wait do you think it has to do with the time difference (laughs) did you just make sense of it i don't think so (laughs) is london ahead or behind us ahead what (laughs) so you think you think that yoko is talking to them from the next day what if it was 1 a.m the next day in london (laughs) okay so it's the middle of the night in london there she's calling back it's Early evening. And when in she says tomorrow, America and New York, she says tomorrow, she's talking about the following day in London. And that is not the same as for them. And that Yoko Ono doesn't understand time changes or doesn't understand the time difference. Yeah. I think that's probably what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I think, frankly, bravo for making it make any kind of sense. I am impressed with myself, even. <laughs> you should be. So the other thing, I'm like, they seem devastated. Oh, man, we, we had a really hard day. It was tough to get here. And yeah. now she's not here. I'm like, hey, you guys, are, it still hasn't happened yet. Right. You can come back Everything's tomorrow. Everything's fine. <laughs> and also your day hasn't been that bad. Right. We talked about how lovely a day. 
<laughs> Although that was the day before. Jamie uses the restroom, and the housekeeper goes to get Paul tea and a cookie, as he asks for. Yeah, which is funny. Um, yeah. Do we know anything about this housekeeper? Yes. She's played by Lynn Milgram. Okay. Which is the Beatles' third album. <laughs> she had a Broadway career. I think otherwise engaged. Isn't that a farce? Could be. I feel like otherwise engaged <laughs> is a farce by, uh, oh, Simon Gray. I thought you were saying she had a Broadway career and she was otherwise engaged. Like, <laughs> when she wasn't in Broadway shows, she was doing other things. Because <laughs> she was also in Bedroom Farce by Alan Ankborn on Broadway. Okay. So we have a couple British <laughs> actors in this. Uh... Is she British? I assume. Because here's the thing. Her first two lines when they're at the door... She sounds very British. Right. Everything after that? Not so much. It doesn't even sound like she's trying to do a British accent and failing. It just sounds like she's just talking and is not a British person. Oh, interesting. I wrote the note. Is she British? I have no idea. Oh, no, yeah. she's from Philly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, movies include Save the... D oh, that's a short. We're not even going to mention it. In 1969, she was in a movie called To Hex with Sex. <laughs> <laughs> Weird. And then just a lot of, like, one-offs, you know? Four episodes cool. of The Wonder Years, two episodes of Life Goes On. Great. You know, An actress. And some Rugrats voices. Oh, great. On and off. An actress, exactly. Yeah. So then Paul gestures, because they are now, like we've said, they are in Yoko's apartment. Yeah. And Paul gestures back at the big white piano in the back of the apartment. The piano. Even I know of the yeah. piano. Yes. It is John's piano. And Which Paul music video is, is that in? Imagine? Uh, imagine. Yeah. yeah. I hate that song. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, it's overplayed and it's a little bit... So just imagine the world is a boring, uh, homogenous nothing? Yeah, the world can, will live as one. <laughs> yeah, that's not fun. <laughs> Where nobody has stuff? Come on, I love stuff. I love stuff, and I love differences. <laughs> and I love differences. So, yeah, Paul is awestruck. He puts his hand over the keys. Oh, it's so... Yeah, he doesn't touch it. It's a very nice moment. so good in this part. Yeah. That you just, you feel it so yeah. deeply. And then uh, Jamie comes out. You're in heaven. I'm in heaven. See? If there were a party, we'd have to talk to a bunch of people we don't know. You'd never get near this thing. Do you believe where we're standing? Boy, what I would give to sit at this piano and just play like one note. Well, go on. No. Okay, go on. Because no, you know what? It's not right. I just. Says I would, who? I don't know. I just feel like it, I shouldn't. Will you do it for me? Come on. <clears throat> That's a very funny way to end this episode. Oh, because I remember, I remember this moment, and I remember this whole right. moment of Paul wanting to play the piano and not wait. Like the Yoko episode involves Ringo's drums, doesn't it? Maybe that we've just already came had back a, to me. We've already had a Ringo's drums moment. Oh, we have. Yeah. Oh, never mind. Jerry, 
Jerry Lewis bought it for Paul? Oh, that's right. Never mind. Is everything circling back? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yes, I remember this moment, though. Yeah, of them falling off of the bench, the piano bench, as it breaks. In my head, Yoko came in, yeah. said something, and left, and then they that's broke something. That's what I thought. I remember that, too. That's Yoko, weird that we both yeah. remembered that. What if there's two endings? Like, you remember? Like that, uh, yeah, like the Seinfeld episode yeah, that you were that talking about. that used to where they, throw me so hard. Yeah, where they plug in the different actor to play. Yeah. George's dad. Yeah. I don't know. It might it might be. That's a I hadn't thought about it that way. But yeah, I definitely remember Yoko being and there's pictures of Yoko in bed with Paul and Jamie. So Right. So I don't know if it's from this episode and they do the other stuff or or what, or if she comes up later. I think she comes up later. We're gonna find out. I'm looking it up. (laughs) Yeah. She's oh, there's an episode called Yoko said. Okay, great. Season four. We do have to all right, so buckle up everybody. Yeah. Stick with us for the longer haul, and you will get that Yoko moment. (laughs) It's very moving to watch them play that one note. And also for her, like the whole move of like, he doesn't want to do it because he thinks it's inappropriate. And she's like, do it for me then. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. And then she does. She plays the note. Oh, she does? Yes, it's not him. She plays the note. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) And then we get to the tag, and it's the two of them opening fortune cookies. Life with no F is a lie. Confucius say, but who will listen? (laughs) Ah, now this, yeah, hats are wasted on a man with no head. (laughs) Haven't I said that? My grandfather used to say it to me all the time, and I wouldn't believe him. Here it is again. When in doubt, cut to the skyline. Confucius say, but who will listen? <laughs> Life with no F is a lie. The Confucius say was the only one that doesn't sound plausible. That that, that one could not be a... Uh... I don't think so. Okay. Why not? Feels too self-aware. <laughs> a little on the nose? A little on the nose, yeah. Okay. Though I did buy a racist book in uh, LA's Chinatown recently called Confucius Say. <laughs> and is it just these? Oh, they're worse than this. I figured as much, but it's just Confucius jokes. Uh huh. Oh boy. Oh yeah. <laughs> just well, uh, broken bu- English gl- misogynistic advice. Well, I'm glad you bought it recently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? You got to support small business. Yeah, you do. Oh my gosh. Another little meta bit at the end here. When in doubt, cut to the skyline. Uh huh. Very good one. Good one. And then they, and then that's what they do. Good meta bit. And then that's it for the episode, John. This was a long one. A long one of ours or a long one of theirs or both? Probably both. Probably both. This coffee has really grown on me, too. I got to say, I like it. (laughs) Who knows what kind of beverage you'll be enjoying or not the next time around? A brandy. A brandy. Ooh, very classy. Rise, guys, and rise, gals. Thank you so much for listening. We do hope that you've enjoyed. I perform at the Magnet Theater Tuesday nights with Public Pool. Come and check out a musical that we are going to make up. John is... Oh, I, What's up, John? I got a plug. Yeah? Uh, yeah. I don't know if uh, you older folks are aware of this. <laughs> Wait, what are you laughing at? Oh, I'm laughing because you're, uh, something is happening. <laughs> are you flipping your phone? Yeah. A lot? yeah no, I but it's my laptop. Were... It's just a button. I keep clicking uh, rotate. <laughs> I keep making my head perpendicular on Russ's view, and it's really yeah, cracking him up. You you keep going landscape. Yeah, landscape then... portrait. It's my own landscape <laughs> portrait fit. <laughs> I didn't know you were just clicking a button, though. I thought you were, like, just rotating your phone again and again. I couldn't see. No, I'm not psychotic. <laughs> anyway, 
What, what do you have? Oh, so there's a show. Buddy of mine has a show on a... It's a platform now, because, you know, nothing's on TV anymore. Right. Called Go90, which is mm-hmm. an app on Verizon, but also a website, and also okay. just an app anywhere. I don't know. Yes. Download Go90. Watch this show. It's called Mr. Student Body President. It's very funny. It's basically the West Wing set in a, a high school's student body council. Oh, how cool. Yeah. And I play another little character actor bucket list check. The One of the teachers who's not great at his job. That's wonderful. Classic character actor role. The computer teacher. Awesome. I don't know if my that's episodes great. have come out, but, uh, you know, it's once a week and they're on episode three, I think, of the new season. How great. So check that Everybody out. Everybody tune in. Wonderful. It's very funny. I'm sure. It's I'm very good watch. for adults, even though, you know, it sounds like a kid's show, but it's actually an adult show. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. They cover like terrorism, a, Israel, Palestine. Like an adult show? Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Yeah, they waterboard well, a kid's right. cell phone. <laughs> In one of the episodes. <laughs> it's very weird. Uh. <laughs> Great. <laughs> well, Rise Guys and Rise Gals, what else is going on? You should find us on Twitter. Send us a note at MadAboutYouPod. Like, rate, and review us on iTunes. Apple Podcasts, rather. It really helps us out. It would be wonderful for you to do that. If you haven't yet, please go to your windows and scream, I'm mad about, mad about you as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. Oh, that's right. They definitely haven't yet. No one has. No yeah, one sent it. No one anything. has. I haven't because I got them. I was going to make one, and I thought, oh, but you have to do it to make it, which yeah. is humiliating. It's not. It's empowering. Well, I don't know. <laughs> John, how are we going to spread the word? Well, if I lived in the middle of nowhere, I'd do it. But in the middle of New York City, I don't want people to think, you know. That mad about mad about you is a wonderful thing worth their time? <laughs> That's true. That is yeah. true. You are really submarining our grassroots campaign, John. I'm just being honest. <laughs> don't listen to him. Listen to me. Do this, everybody. Yeah, wow. Go you really windows. sound like uh, what's his name for the movie? <laughs> Rest in peace, Peter Finch. Yes. So, everybody, thank you for listening. We have a theme song. It goes like this, and it's by Mr. John B. Ivy. Thank you so much, sir. And we have a logo, which was created by Mr. Nathan Diffie. You can find him on Twitter at Nathan D-I-F-F-E-E. Thank you, Nathan. And our sound has been mixed by Vuk Yovanovich. Uh, thank you, Vuk. Wonderful. John, we'll have another episode, say, one week from now. Okay. Give or take. Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Pencil it in. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much, Rise Guys and Rise Gals. I am Russ Fader. And I'm John Marbley. And, and this, this is, is what, what we're saying. saying.